Hello, good evening. Happy Thursday, everyone. Welcome to a special edition, sort of, kind of, of um, Console Wars. Oh, no, uh, it's a special edition. It's, <laughs> it's a special edition. edition. It's Xboxing Day. It's, is that what we're going to... Is that what we're I heard that. I heard that. I don't actually like it. Let's not call that. Let's kill that off. <laughs> well, I, uh, I feel like we don't want to go that route. Um, no, we don't. No, guys, welcome to um, episode five of Console Wars here. The special. We had the PlayStation one last month. They're done. Now we're on the Xbox one. Uh, we got the Xbox showcase. We've got our reactions. going to talk about that here in just a little bit here. But first, some introductions, of course, if you're new to the show. I'm Cameron. I'm one of your hosts here. Um, over in the bottom corner is I would... At least in my in my realm, um, resident Xbox fan superior, uh, Darth Turner, aka Seth, Xboxologist. Uh, ooh, can that be a term? Can we? It is now. Just made it one. Boom. Love, like yes. Boom. Okay. So resident Xboxologist, Darth Turner, aka Seth. Um, Seth, how are you doing today, man? How, man, how are things? Good. I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. It's been a good ass day, and I'm ready to talk about it right into this microphone. I'm I, I'm pretty excited to hear our thoughts and our reactions here, guys. Um, so basically, normally uh, console wars, guys. Uh, for people who are new to the show here, uh, this is our monthly podcast covering news and analysis on the never-ending struggle between Xbox and PlayStation. Here, we're covering all the next-gen hype and the news, talking about Sony, what Sony's doing, what Microsoft doing, breaking down their analysis here. Um, for the month of July, since we had the Xbox showcase, we were excited to get a chance to sit down and do with that. And since we did the same thing with PlayStation and their showcase last month, uh, this show is all Xbox. We're going to be talking about the showcase, um, all the announcements, all the details that just we're going to squeeze every little bit of green juice out of this this um, reveal in this showcase here. We're going to talk to you guys about it and our thoughts, give our opinions, and tell you guys what we think, especially as a, I would probably say at this point, a resident PlayStation fan and myself and a resident Xbox fan in Seth there. So you're definitely going to get a lot of similar opinions, a lot of different opinions. I'm really excited to talk about it here, guys. Um, but quick housekeeping notes here. Uh, you can listen. We, we have this show monthly. You can listen to it every month on um, the Rocket Punch Show podcast feed. So look up Rocket Punch Show, and then you'll find the ep new episodes come up monthly in the feed there. Um, we'll also have video available on YouTube, so head over to youtube.com slash rocketpunchgo. You can check out uh, the latest video every month when we put it up there. Um, if you want to know more about Rocket Punch and what we do and all the content we make, head over to the updated and much more simplified rocketpunchgo.com. Uh, it's a quick little sheet there get, get you access to all the videos, podcasts, and um, streams that we do here, so you're not going to miss a beat, and you're going to know exactly where to get our content there. And if you want to get early access to this um, podcast episode, as well as some of the other ones, which I still got to book and get in touch with Carla for the um, board game one, um, head over to patreon.com slash rocketpunch. You can find out how you can get early access to this episode, as well as a whole lot more goodies over there. Um, and especially talking about Patreon, let's give a special shout out to our Patreon producers, uh, people supporting us over there on patreon.com slash rocket punch. A special thank you to Jossie M, Sam S, Jeremy M, Stephen S, and Adam C. Thank you guys so much for your support. We really, really appreciate it. Oh, really? You, we're, we're going to redeem a channel sub. I'm going to, I'm going to mark that down. Listen, we got to tell them about the new emotes. We got the new emotes. They are in. They are, they are in. 
They are in. And they are worth your time. And yeah, I had enough of points, so I am, uh... Yeah! There you go. If you're an audio listener, we are showing off the new chat emotes over at twitch.tv slash rocketpunchlive. They're pretty dope. Uh, They're great. They're pretty dope. I'm going to remind me when there's a lull that I can actually get that set up. So we can get that. Um, So I can get that over to you. Um... Actually, should be able to do that right now. That, that's it. We're, st- we're starting off with the show here. Um, guys, like I said at the top, we're going to be... Oh, y- yes, Sniper Eye, they do look awesome. And you're a sub, so guess what? You get access to those. Um, and, and then also going to tease... Uh, for some reason, just because they're empty spaces, I put them up here. This is the Tier 2 emote, the cloud board face. And then um, if you're somehow really cool and want to get it, uh, this is the... Um, Tier three emote with well, Master, you Chief. Put Master Chief in the most premium slot because you know it is the most premium <laughs> product you can purchase right now. Okay, you're correct. And speaking you of Master Chief, you put it above <laughs> Final Fantasy VII, dude. I did. I did. I think that's what we call a good old Freudian slip. <laughs> you didn't even think about it. You just did it. But um, guys, let's let's talk about the showcase here. We're really excited to talk about this, and I'm sure. You know, initially I was thinking, oh, this conversation is going to be like an hour. Then I was like, wait a second, it's myself and Seth. There's no way this is going to be anything less than two hours. (laughs) Um, Two hours, we'll finish talking about our our impressions of how (laughs) it is. Then we'll talk about the games. But, um, guys, uh, there's uh, the main show, and then there was also some announcements that were in the pre-show here. Uh, We'll talk about the pre-show stuff near the end, because they were kind of scattered around. But we're going to focus on the main show stuff. We're going to go through bit by bit everything that was announced all the games going to talk about them give them our impressions but first before we do that before we talk about the games this gives me time to redeem seth's um um subscription seth overall you got an hour of games xbox july showcase give me your overall impressions of this conference what did you think all right so overall impressions I think that, and this was something that I think we've talked about on the Rocket Punch show previously, I was very glad to see them move toward a more produced uh, uh, a show format versus the kind of the webcam, yes. casual Microsoft Teams, Slack chat style that they were doing, pre or Discord chat style that they were doing previously. I think it it came across as a much more... I hate to use the word, but like it's like a more respectable and like a like a, a more of an authority in like, hey, this is the this is the E three show that you missed, right? Mm-hmm. So that was that was a huge um, plus from my book. As far as my overall impressions, I think that this was the first page in a new chapter of Xbox uh, across the board. I think yeah. that we've talked. <laughs> Ad nauseum, the world has talked ad nauseum about this generation and what Microsoft has done wrong and missteps that were made early on. And what has happened over time is Microsoft's kind of been preparing the stage for next gen, right? For Series X and PS5 and the future, right? This was to me the first jump into that realm into the world of i clicked a button (laughs) my bad okay i saw some stuff happening but it's all right (laughs) i'm in the zone so this is where microsoft i think was really starting to show us what all those acquisitions from two years ago 
are going to look like moving forward. Mm -hmm. I think that we also get to see a little bit of a glimpse into the types of gaming content that Microsoft is going to prioritize with this. And I'm going to go ahead and say this here, but get ready. We're going to talk about it so much in this, but they have further cemented the fact that Xbox Game Pass is going to dominate the discussion around value and the discussion around cloud gaming moving forward. It is insane the level of value that you're getting from Xbox Game Pass after seeing what they had in today's uh, event. So overall impressions, probably the best Xbox event that I have seen in years. I think that last year's Last year's Keanu Reeves surprise was like really fun and like a man that was a great E3 moment. Um, also, back compatibility was a huge I think was a huge landmark in just video games as a as a whole. I think we were as a whole we were moving away from that idea, uh, away from the idea of game preservation and backwards compatibility because the data says that it's not that important. But Microsoft kind of made a stance and said, hey, even though it's not the data doesn't say it's important. We think it's important. And so they kind of doubled down on it. I think that was 2018. No, it was 2017. I think so. That being said, I think that now Microsoft's kind of showed us, Hey, we're moving forward with these new games. And the big complaint has always been, uh, there's just not enough first-party games, so this was them kind of addressing that in what I consider kind of part one of their E3 press event for uh, the, the remainder of the year, right? I think they've got more to show later in the year, but this is kind of their first big kickoff. So, What about you? What did you think? I thought... <clears throat> I it, The showcase, the conference was great. I think it met my expectations very well. I was really, really excited to see a lot of cool stuff. We're going to get to a lot of it here. And I've, I definitely, mm-hmm. I watched the, I ended up watching the 4K stream. I watched it a couple more times. I watched some reactions and whatnot of other people um, showcasing it. So I got enough time to um, digest and kind of get a feel for the conference. I really liked it. It was great. It was awesome. There, I'm trying to think of the best words to say this. I think that, and I was already headed towards this path. It, okay, I, I'll, I'll break it down in my thoughts. This is what I was thinking after the conference. Like, oh man, this is great. Enjoyed the conference, had a great time. But then I, there's still this doubt, and I'm not sure why, because I was pretty sure I understood what was going on. Of like, what... Asking myself the question, what, is Xbox, what does Microsoft want from me? Do they, do they want... Me? Do they want a consumer to purchase the Series X? Do they want us to buy their box, or do they just want us to get Game Pass? Uh, because like, I think the, the the big thing, and I think we know the answer. Uh, yeah. But it, like I, this 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 showcase wasn't selling the Xbox Series X. This showcase was selling Xbox Game Pass. In my opinion, that's a hundred percent. That's what this is selling. Is the, and and that's. We talked about it, I talked about it months ago as we started seeing the signs on the wall. We've talked about it multiple times, like, and I think I'm going to especially reference it through this entire conversation is that if, you know, I I think I talked about on the episode of the Rocket Punch cast, I might have to do an opinion piece on, like, like why I think Sony's going to win the console war and sell the most consoles this 
there's a good chance they'll sell the most consoles this holiday season, but that's okay. And that's like, as an Xbox fan, you shouldn't even be mad about that because Xbox and Microsoft are looking at bigger and broader horizons with Game Pass and with the ecosystem that they're laying out. And this was really, this showcase wasn't about the box. This was about the ecosystem. A hundred percent. And that's like, it took me a minute. I really felt like it took me a minute to kind of sit down and digest what I saw and really understand that. And I think that for a lot of these people, you know, we, I feel like in jest, call this show Console Wars. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm the PlayStation guy. Seth, you're the Xbox guy. And yeah. in we say that in jest, but I think for a lot of those people that, you know, really believe that there's this secret, you know, Illuminati console war going on between Sony and Microsoft, like, I... I was listening, you know, because I always listen to these guys and I always get a little bit extra feedback from Kind of Funny and look at, listening to their reaction video. And they made a good point, like, this showcase continues to split. It, and, and that was confusing me. Like, are they trying to compete with Sony or are they not? And I think in some ways they are, in some ways they aren't. They, they're looking at the broader picture. Instead of the Xbox as a box being the focus of their gaming attack like Sony is right now with the PlayStation 5 because that's all Sony has. Xbox, instead of that being the focus, that is a small cog in the grander picture that Xbox has when you look at xCloud and Game Pass. The the big picture for Xbox is Game Pass. Full stop. If you weren't sure about that before coming into today, you damn sure know leaving out or you should know that game pass is the, the the fact that they kept drilling home every game you see on this showcase is available on game pass day and date when it releases full stop like that that is that is the key it is no longer they have they have transcended the mortal shell that is the console yeah. and like and and, and 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 breached out into what we had talked about for literally the last year you um seth in conversations when you were on the show before to now when you're a host on the show uh, is that it's it's all about the platform. It's about Xbox as a platform. There's a reason that it doesn't say Xbox One on the box anymore. There's a reason that, it, yes, yes, they want you to buy Xbox Series Xs. And that that is that piece that com- combats directly with Sony's PlayStation 5. But they are more interested, I believe, in getting more people because they can have a bigger reach of getting more people to sign up for Game Pass because not only can you get console players, not only can you get Xbox people that'll sign up for Game Pass, you can also get PlayStation people that sign up for Game Pass. You can get PC people that sign up for Game Pass. You can get Nintendo's, you know, there's there's this broader scope here of people that can get to sign up for Game Pass and experience their wealth of games. So, you know, it's basically, here's a, it's a sample. Here's your treat. For $15 a month, for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, you get access to xCloud, you get these exclusive games, you get Halo Infinite, all this other stuff. Like, it's going to, like, I think their hope is that they'll get you in there, say if you don't have an Xbox, say, say if you're a PlayStation guy, they get you in, you get a taste, man, I like Halo, man, I like these new other announcements, all these first-party games, all these third-party games that are popping up on Game Pass. You know what? Let me get an Xbox. Let me stay in this ecosystem. Let me let me jump in here. Let me get an Xbox Series X. Let me get whatever the fuck Lockhart is. Let me get an Xbox One S. Like, yeah. it, like that's what they want, and it's not, like, it's slowly becoming a point where we're having, I feel like it's, Nintendo's doing their thing, Sony's got Sony's 
the traditional console route, and Microsoft is taking that right side where they're going in the services route and building a platform. And I think we've talked about that. Like the the, the point that they can say, I think Matt Booty on the stream made a comment near the end, like uh, when the Xbox Series X launches, they're going to have over 100 games available at launch. Yeah, they can say that because, again, I will put $5 on this table. The Xbox Series X will come with, at a minimum, one month of Xbox Game Pass included. So they could easily say, guess what? Your Xbox oh, yeah. Series X comes with Halo Infinite via Game Pass. But it still comes with Halo Infinite. And like to be able to do that is a powerful tool, especially for the consumer that is looking at value right now. And, what, you, know, and you, you look at the showcase and you see all these 20, 22 games in the showcase. If you include the pre-show, it's like 28 to 30 like that are coming out and they're on Xbox Game Pass. And so when you look at a next gen console, if one of your big things is like, man, I wanna I wanna try and save some money, you know, maybe I'm trying to cut back on games and stuff, Xbox Series X has a compelling argument, like, get the box. You have Game Pass. You can even if you want to try it for a month, give you some time to build some money up. Now you have this huge library. You can play Halo Infinite on day one. You can play all these games right out of the box. You get home and you hook up to the internet. And I think that's a big deal. And I mm-hmm. like really sitting down thinking about it. That's what I came a- a- away from this con- um, this showcase. Like it, this wasn't. This was a really great conference. I, I really enjoyed. We're going to talk about all these games. This was. Mm-hmm. My opinion, as the PlayStation guy here on the podcast, this was far and above, way better than the May showcase that they did, like above and beyond. This was a great showcase, and it really, more than anything, and I think that's, I think that's one of the hard things for a lot of gamers to get to wrap around. I'll even admit, even for myself, is that to some extent, we have to stop viewing. Microsoft's moves and actions and their showcases and their games in the lens of the traditional console life cycle. Because I think we talked about, I talked about that right hand veering, you know, Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft. Microsoft very much is kind of blurring that line between generations. Because I asked myself, like, is, because part of that question, like, do they want me to buy a Series X or not? Like, is Microsoft really taking going to a next generation like in a pseudo sense yes but it's it's not that cut and dry generation mm-hmm. jump that Sony's doing and that and the thing I I, I definitely want to get across to people in that I have to understand too and we all have to understand is that's not a bad thing it obviously isn't because we have game pass guess what now I can if I can weigh my options I know I'm getting a PlayStation 5 but now I can say I can still enjoy Halo Infinite and all these great games on my PC or on my Xbox One X and then when I'm ready when it could like perfect example last generation I got a PlayStation 4 first and then literally the next year I got an Xbox One one so if you know i don't i I doubt that'll play out the same way this generation but if it were guess what phil spencer xbox is like that is great we are so happy that you're part of the xbox family because they're still getting game pass for me for that entire year and then when i'm ready to say you know what i'm ready to be a big boy and get the most powerful gaming console out there guess what i can step up to the series x and do that and that's what i think this to me, that's what this showcase showed. It was a, a the, it was it showed a lot of the games that I wanted to see, a lot of the diversity that I wanted to see from Xbox. Mm-hmm. It was a really great showing. I will definitely say there was no game on this that blew me away. 
like some of the games did at the PlayStation and Sony conference. But again, that's okay. Because I I know now, like, if I want to play Horizon Zero Dawn and Spider-Man, I know I got to get a PlayStation 5. Yep. But if I want to play Halo Infinite, if I want to play The Medium, if I don't play all these other games, thank you for the sub, Stig. I'm on a roll. I'll get, I, I'm going to thank you properly in just a second here. Then I then I want to... To guess what? I, I I have the Xbox One X, and I'm I can take my time in going to that next leap on the Xbox mm-hmm. side. And I, that that was, I feel like I rambled. I feel like I did a Seth ramble here, but like that was, that that's, that's really something that I really liked and appreciated. You know, it, it didn't. You know, some of these games weren't like oh my god, mind blowing. And that again, that does give me a little bit of concern and we're going to talk about that throughout this talk um especially with some of the notes we have uh seth on the docket um yeah but i think for i think they again i will say my statement they didn't exceed my expectations but i think they met my expectations and they did what they needed to do and that's okay and that's awesome and i'm really excited for the trajectory that xbox phil and place and um microsoft have going going into this next generation very well said. Very well said. And you are right. That is a Seth tier. That's Seth pretty up there. It's pretty up there. But I, 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 how's it going? I like. I really thought about like all day. I thought about it as I watched this stream, and I want like that's really one I wanted to drive home. Um, Stig, yeah. thank you for the sub. We're talking about the Xbox showcase. Um, we're gonna go. If you missed it, because I know you're on travel, we got we got all the highlights and stuff. We're gonna break it down right here. And Ruru, yeah. I see you sneaking in chat there too. Uh, welcome to the stream, sir. Um, so anything else we got to say on the? <laughs> I'm done. Man, we've got enough games to go through here. We need to get started, otherwise we're going to be even yes. further than our three hour usual on these episodes. So, um, so let's get started here. Like I said, guys, we're going to go through the main show here. We're going to break down mm-hmm. each game. Seth, what did we start out with to start Listen, the show? We started exactly like I said they should have started. They started with Halo Infinite. And honestly, it's everything you could ask for from a demo because they they did the whole like obscure trailer thing into menu screen press you know, press start to begin demo, right? And that is what I, I, that was when I looked over, I was watching this with a friend, I looked over and I was like, I was like, this is it. This is how you do it. And, uh, and I know you're rolling that, that footage now. So yes, they showed us a good, I think it was about an eight minute clip of what Halo Infinite is going to look like. And Cameron, let me tell you this, that (laughs) game is looking Good. This is uh, now. I think that one thing that's really important to point out for what this is, which is a cross generational launch title. I, I need you to. I need you to think. All right. We are putting this. Uh, this is this is being rated on the same scale that Rise, Son of Rome, and Killzone Shadowfall is being graded on. Right. Like this is yeah. not. These are those are neither of those games that I just mentioned are like. And you may disagree on like kill zone but like neither of them are like lasting legacies that like really def- th- neither of them are breath of the wild right like they're not kill zone is fun kill zone shadowfall yeah. is a good game you should play it it's extremely cheap but i'm not going to put it at the tier of yeah breath but, like of the when wild. that when those consoles first came out and rise is a horrible example because that was just that was just an additional small dumpster fire on the much larger dumpster fire uh 
Sniper, you just asked me what I thought about the flying suicide grunt. Dude, that's my, listen, that's my spirit animal. <laughs> flying suicide grunt is my spirit. You're going to see it right here. Uh, actually, no, we just we just went past It'll, it'll it. come up in a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll point it out when it pops up. I know they're going to have some kind of, like, avatar item or something for a flying suicide grunt, and I am going to equip it day one. It is, like, for what this game is, which is a cross-generational, like, Halo game, I, you know, I, I do, you know, I think there's... When you look at it visually, yeah, it really doesn't ring as like, oh man, this is just like blowing my mind. But what I think they did here is they went back to the basics of what makes Halo great. They went back to, this is a space marine fighting aliens in this like ongoing war. This isn't like a, uh, we're not in like super shiny like mech armor, right? We are in like, this armor has seen shit, dude. This guy has been floating aimlessly in space for like, decades right and then like gets picked up and now we're like all of a sudden thrust back into this so mm-hmm. i think when you look at the 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 graphical fidel- the fidelity and then also just the, the the tone the palette of colors that they're going with here it feels much more like old halo it's got a little the, the, yes. the, the phrase i use is like it's got a grittiness to it that i really missed from Honestly, Halo 5, like Halo 5 was just so shiny and so much about lasers and just crazy. They really wanted to sell like this new species. And Stig, I see you guys. There you go. There it is. It was right there. Yeah, there it was like just flying straight at you. Like uh, Stig, you said a big point. You you redeemed a tech. So a big point is that they reduced mobility skills to better balance the old fashioned Halo combat style. And I agree 100%. There's no sprinting, no aim down sight. This is the classic Halo experience. But, but, but the grappling hook. The grappling hook. Come on. The gra- thing. Like they, they, they went back to basics, right? And they built Halo like you remember it. And they gave it this shiny coat of paint that's going to look great and run silky smooth 60 frames per second. But then they went a step ahead. They went with this upgrade-based system. It's not an RPG. It's not Destiny. You're not leveling up. What you're doing is you're getting these upgraded pieces of equipment the grapple i think the grapple what is it called it's the it's not the grappling hook it's like the grapple launch or something the in in here i yeah i, I just know the grappling hook i don't know what yeah, that, it's a a grappling hook. Like, that is such a cool addition especially when you consider they're kind of going open world with this uh, oh, um, i knew from the moment you press start and it pulls up that hollow map i was like all right i know exactly what this game is going to be this game is going to be level two you know this is going to be the Second level called Halo. This is going to be all those massive Halo maps from Halo Combat Evolved and Halo 2 combined into one giant world that we're going to go to and from fighting, you know, Covenant, Banished, whatever it is we're fighting in this. And, uh, man, it's just, I, I'm so excited for it. Is it the best looking game in the world? Hell no. It does not hold a candle to any, I think, any of the things that, that PS5 you know- showed us. I, Sorry, I, want, I want to talk like I want to talk about too. Like I, I, in watching it back, I, I definitely encourage if you get the chance, go pull up your Xbox, watch the 4K stream of this on YouTube on your Xbox because apparently that's the only way you can watch it. You can't do it on Apple TV. And like I, I, I can see, you can definitely see the touches with the ray tracing. I remember there was one like right at the start where he's painting. So Master Chief is painting with the rifle, and you can see the um, like the ha- fingerprints on the um, indicator, like the ammo indicator on the rifle. Well, I was like, okay, that's pretty dope. But like, I, I'll definitely agree with you. Like, this isn't 
the most like this isn't a like mind melting. Oh my god, this is the best looking game ever. But I think I agree with your point, Seth. Like you know, cross generational game, and and you know, it, you know, I, I will be honest. I'm hard to some extent. I'm a hard pressed to say that too. Because I feel like when you start saying that, that's when you get these people that come out of the woodworks and say, oh, so I guess the the, the, the previous version is holding back the Xbox Series X, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I don't, you know, Phil's talked about like the very much think of it like a PC. And when you're, when you're, you can turn the sliders on your PC, you could like Rurutu said in chat, you can turn the sliders on the um, Xbox and yeah. it'll give you the best version um, every time, but like, no, uh, very, very reminiscent of a lot of, um, old school Halo combat evolved very clearly. That is the trajectory they were going with. I think they have a uh, Chris Lee head of, um, three, four, three industries, um, mm-hmm. talked about like, this is, we're wanting this to be a soft reboot and kind of like a fresh start for yeah. Halo, um, we're wanting this to be like they, I think some of the interviews that came out after this were like they're wanting this to be this is like they're trying to get away from the numbered releases like again just like they're doing with Xbox they're trying to look at Halo as a platform where you just have infinite and instead of you buying the you know Halo 7 or whatever the next one is you get like updates maybe expansions or additions to the game over the course of years I would honestly say in a very similar fashion to what they're doing with Gears 5 to some extent I mean, yeah. we're, we're still going to get a numbered Gears game but like what they've done with Gears 5 is something I would think about yeah, for sure. And it, I, I know that this was just a sliver of the pie, that they did not show any multiplayer. They didn't show um, what like co-op experiences might look like, whether that's co-op campaign or if they're going to add in like a Warzone 2 or a uh, Spartan Ops, something, you know, co-op focused or PVE focused. Uh, so this was just the campaign show off. I think that what they have showed so far looks really great. And I cannot wait to see more. I know they've got more planned later this year. And just being Game Pass. I apologize if you guys hear my dog, by the way. They're barking at somebody at the door. Listen, listen. The puppos are excited, too. They can feel it. (laughs) Nature has reached out to them and told them that the hype is here. That Xbox is back, baby. And I'm just so excited that Halo is back in a really exciting and invigorating way. And... Yes, it's it might not be the blow your mind graphical fidelity that I think and expectations kind of inflated to, but what they did do is they created a massive open world that I fully mm-hmm. expect to be that to have that Skyrim gimmick of like you see the see the mountain go walk over there right like I expect it to be that level of of exploration yeah. focused right but they did it running at 4K 60 frames per second consistently on the series X that is impressive. And it also run on your Xbox one S like, you know, yeah. the, the machine that, that came out in 2017 is still going to run this game. I think that's an enormous amount of value and an enormous amount of, uh, technical Marvel that they are able to do that. And, and that's something so. we didn't, that's something we didn't touch on either. Like it, especially when you see that map for the first time, you can very clearly see that they're only, they're aiming to like this special, like, open world 
like big deal. Like we're, we're, Halo will be open world, like to some extent, yep. for the most part. Like you, where you have these missions, you can go tackle what you want. I think the reference they kept bringing up was that this is bigger. This game is bigger than the last two Halo games combined. Yeah, and so that's pretty big, especially when you and think about the campaigns for Halo Four and Five. Another point they made is it is each pixel has ten times the amount of detail as the Halo 5, as or as Halo 5 had, which is, in and of itself, you're going to, like, when you go back and play Halo 5, that game was beautiful at the time. And when you think about that extra level of detail being applied here, um, now, yeah, I don't think, I think stylistically this game is different, so it's got a much darker and grittier t- kind of tone to it, and things aren't quite as shiny and chrome-covered, but it is really cool to see that they have made something so amazing visually that runs across such a wide breadth of hardware and devices. Right. Cause we are in this weird transition period where we are, we are starting to move away from like the previous generation into the next generation, but we're also starting to move away from the idea that, that we're shackled to the hardware that gets, that we have in our, you know, on our desktop that we gets refreshed once every seven years. Right. And, this is a really interesting exploration and like, Hey, how can we, how can we start to make these games living experiences that grow with us versus having to constantly re-release them? Cause with game pass, there's no need to have a yearly release anymore. Right. There's no need. And this is going to come up with other things that we talk about tonight as well, but like it is okay to do the thing that we've joked about with sports games for years. Right. Like why is it there one Madden that gets updated every year? Well, because you can't resell Madden every year then. Right. That's the whole point. Yes, but when you're, you're right. not trying to, when you're not trying to sell a box every year, then yes, release the ultimate Halo and create additional experiences and kind of kind of do what Destiny's done, right? Where that when when we feel like the formula is getting stale, they reinvent the formula, right? And then they they don't change the game. Like you don't have to leave your character or, or what you know behind. Mm-hmm. It just grows right. up with you and it becomes a new thing. And I think that's when when games as a service is going to. Uh, stop being a dirty word that we imply with like microtransactions and start looking at something as like, Hey, the game that I bought isn't necessarily the game I'm going to be playing year a year from now. I think that's really exciting and cool, but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't mean that every game should do that. Right? Like I don't want every game to do that. But when you look at a game franchise like halo, which is going to be very campaign focused at first and then quickly shift to being a, you know, PVE or PVP, whatever options they have, you know, really quickly, then I think that's the best way to approach it, right? And yeah. then if they come out with new campaign content, just add it on. Like, add on a, another chapter to the story. That would be really cool to see. Uh, Rurutu in chat says, Seth means don't be Fallout 76. Hey, you know, honestly, <laughs> Fallout 76 was not a good game when it launched, but they have gone really far to try and fix it, right? Uh, lots of games have been doing that this this generation, but the Games as a Service has allowed us to salvage some things. Now, yeah, it's not what it could have been, but... Uh, yeah, just don't be that bad. Yeah, don't be bad when you come out. <laughs> be good when you come out, and then become better. Uh, so, become legend. Become sorry, legend. Sorry, I just, yes, I had exactly. To, I had to um, that I, th- that's really all I can say about Halo. Like I've only had a couple of hours to process what I've been thinking about, and without <laughs> yeah. knowing what multiplayer looks like, it's just really hard to say. What I can tell you now, the it looks like they got the feel down and that's, what's really important. That is what's carried destiny through years of strife is the fact that that game feels right. Yeah. And if you can get the feel down, 
and you can get to look pretty close, people will literally, will usually be on board to to play the game long term. And I think the only other add-ons I have to have with Halo Infinite is like, you know, the story looks great. Again, we're, um, they did say that we're not going to get multiplayer until later in the future, so I'm sure whatever the next event is before launch, we'll probably get a glimpse at Halo multiplayer, so stay tuned for that. Um, this was clearly just camp- campaign gla- gameplay, and it was fun. It was great. It was. It felt like classic Halo with some modern touches. It was. I'll, I definitely admit it was a little bit hard for me to see those modern touches, but like it, the 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 one thing for me, this is Halo. I love Halo. I'm a super huge fan of Halo. I've played all the all of them now. Um, it just there wasn't. And again, I talked about it at the top of my the show, like my overall thoughts. This was great. There wasn't that one thing that really took me over the edge. It really felt like this was this is Halo. This, this, yeah. is, this is Halo. We got some, we got a grappling hook. We got some cool new weapons and stuff. But this is Halo, and that's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. I love me some Halo. The missing out yeah. Halo. But I would have liked to see something a little bit extra and maybe a little bit something a little bit more new and adventurous with it. But. That being yeah. said, I love what I saw. They did exactly what they needed to do to show off Halo Infinite. I'm very glad that I have a much better understanding now of that game. What is the game? Yeah, <laughs> like what is it? I understand it a whole lot more, and yeah. I'm glad to see it uh, that it showed. But first. we knew Halo was going to be there. We want to all the, the the key the secret to hype Cameron is what we don't expect, and the next one that was shown was something that I kind of expected at some point, but I did not expect this quickly. I, I called it in one of our, like our bonus part. Yeah. I called it. And that is of course, state of decay three in a very cryptic trailer that, um, if you are familiar with state of decay and it's like visual style, the minute I, the minute you saw the, the, the character here, like the, the, the player then you're like oh yeah that looks like a state of decay character but it was a little tricky because at this point you don't really know what to expect and this was a uh, cinematic this was not like a gameplay reveal so i feel like this game's a little bit further out but state of decay 2 is still one of the most interesting explorations in like zombie uh survival simulate like it's truly a simulator right like it is not a it's not like a um like I, th- I feel like it goes two directions, right? You've got, and, and I'll use PlayStation examples here, but like you've got The Last of Us, which is like the stealth approach, and like from a story perspective, like look at how how bad humans are. And then you says have like it's the, not Last of Us Two. You're correct; it is not. It's not Last of Us Two. Yeah, yeah, definitely not that. But then on the other hand, the other type of archetype you see is like the wow, look at all these zombies, and that's like the days uh, days gone approach, right? Where it's like look at how many zombies we fit on screen. Uh, World War Z, Left for Dead, those kinds of games where it's just all about the action of the of the zombies. State of Decay is a game where you're not really getting overwhelmed with like fast sprinting zombies. You're more dealing with the fact that like you're running out of food, you're running out of water, and you've got to find unique ways to like equip your camp to survive. I've always thought it was a very unique thing. The number one criticism I have always had about those games is they just didn't have the funds to make that a triple a experience right mm. uh the first game was very rough and tumble a the second game 
got a lot better because they had the financing from the first game. But then you had stuff like rubber banding co-op. You had um, really just kind of spotty co-op to begin with. So it didn't really feel polished. It still felt like a double A game. This game looks like it is going to be triple A. Now, we didn't see any gameplay, so we don't really know. But we imagine that Microsoft bought all these studios to give them the resources to make games to compete. This game, and I'm going to save it to the end because I definitely want to talk a lot about these games here. Is there? There's some thoughts I have about like just some of these games and some of the thoughts surrounding them as we move into the next generation. Definitely discuss. You're kind of hinting on some of the things I want to talk about later. Uh, But no, State of Decay two, like three. I I called it. I'm super excited. Like I remember. I saw State of Decay 1 and it looked like, like, and that looks, the graphics look pretty rough. Yeah. And State of Decay 2 looked better. I'm like, and I remember giving it a shot and I was like, man, this game is fun. I love this game. This is awesome. Like, doing this sim stuff and, like, I, the only thing I wish, and I, I need people to play with, I want to play with people because I've never played multiplayer mm-hmm. on State of Decay 2. Maybe next week we'll do a stream. If Seth, if you're down, and we'll play some State of Decay 2. I have to figure out if I want to go back into that stress, dude. I'm enjoying my Paper Mario relaxation therapy, but... But, like, it, it, I was really happy to see this. You know, yes, it, it was just a CG trailer, but the mere fact that we have it announced, it's real, they're working on it. I'm super excited. I'm really excited to see the success they had with State of Decay 2. And how they're going to take that forward? I mean, graphically, it always it already looks better. I don't think I ever saw a cutscene that good on any yeah. previous State of Decay game, and so I'm really hoping that the game, like Microsoft, especially with them putting their weight behind their first party studios, really helps out Undead Labs, gets them the resources and assets they need to make a really much more polished State of Decay game. And I think yeah. that'll, that'll really make me love it even more because a State of Decay is a, a favorite of mine in the Xbox staple that I really enjoy yeah. playing. Really Next up on the list This here, one was big. This is a big change. Oh boy, this is weird. So Forza Motorsport got... Period. Just the name. Forza just Motorsport. The name got revealed. And this is interesting because it... Oh, I, don't, I don't, like there the way that this trailer comes up and the way that it's discussed. Like when Phil in, Phil Spencer comes in and intros this game, is that I, I watched it like the third time I caught. He said like um, we have the next Forza, which is an early development. So yeah. does this mean we're not getting a Forza this year? That is exactly <laughs> what that means. So it is not, like Forza is not coming. At launch, which is, I don't think they've ever launched an Xbox console without a Forza, right? Like, wasn't oh, wasn't geez. the the 360 launched with Forza Motorsports two, right? I think so. I'm not 100 percent sure. And obviously, the Xbox One launched with Forza Motorsports uh, four, I believe. And so, and they did five during the course of the one, you know, the Xbox One's life cycle. But this is big, and again, we're gonna like I hate to keep looping it back to this, but this is showing how game development is going to change under a Game Pass model, right? It is no longer about let's make a new Forza game every two years to 
sell that box every two years, right? Now it is, let's make the ultimate driving simulation experience and make sure that we continue to update that experience to be the best that it can be. Uh, the reason these games have always launched with consoles is because they set a graphical fidelity baseline that people expect from the console yeah. on day one. Every the, console has a, a a racing sim on it. Yeah, it's something that's that it's every something. human on planet Earth can understand. Wow, look at how good those cars look. Wow, look at how great that I mean, road looks. Like, R- it's R- just so... chat said, look at the ray tracing. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it is something that you can put it in front of anybody and they're going to be like, wow, that looks really good. I should get one of those things. But Microsoft is moving away from that idea of like, let's blow their minds with, uh, you know, this graphical fidelity from the very start. We're focused more on creating value in this Game Pass service. And yes, while we want it to be the best looking game that we can make it you're not going to get that at launch. That's just not how the economics of, of game consoles work. If the, the games that come out when a console launches don't sell anywhere near what games that would come out on the previous console generation are. So I think Microsoft is what they're doing is they're wanting to make sure that they get maximum exposure when this thing is ready, right? When it is ready to tap in and take advantage of all the Series X power. I don't even think that. Like, Rutu makes a comment in chat here, says, milk the franchise with DLC and season pass. I don't know about that, but, like, I, I, I think what Microsoft is trying to do is take their games, especially their first-party lineup, and yeah. depending on the game, like, find ways to continue to get people engaged. Give yeah. pe- Continue giving people a reason to come back to the game, whether it's with new updates uh, new expansions and whatnot. Because one thing to remember, especially with first-party games, most of the time, actually, I'm going to say all the time, unless it, Seth, you can correct me, when an update for a first-party Xbox title comes out, it's on Game Pass. Like, when State of Decay 2 yep. had their Juggernaut update, it was part of Game Pass. You didn't pay for anything yep. else unless you wanted to. And even if you did, it was more or less kind of roped in with the game price. So, oh, if I bought State of Decay 2, guess what? I got the Juggernaut update with this new map and these new enemy types and new weapons for free. And I think that's yeah. the the method that we're trying to go down. Is if you, Like Sniper I said earlier, if you want to buy the game, if you don't feel comfortable with the subscription service, guess what? You can buy the game. And then I think they're leaning more towards trying to do these season passes and these DLC, but at a very low barrier or free entry to consumers. Or mm. if you get Game Pass, guess what? You get it all bundled up. You don't even have to think or worry. Like when the new update comes out, guess what? I, yeah. They're encouraging you to say, oh, I'm going to stay. I want to stay subscribed to Game Pass. I don't just want to, oh, yeah. there's the new update or the new game, I'm done playing it, I'm going to unsubscribe from it. They want to keep you in the Game Pass ecosystem. Again, as I talked about at the start, it's not about the Series X, it's about Game Pass. Game Pass, Full stop. That is what they want. Yeah, and there's, uh, we'll talk about this a little bit as we go in, but like some of these games that they showed, if you were very observant, you noticed that they said Series X and Windows 10. So I know that there was this conversation going around about like, oh, it's going to take Microsoft a couple of years to transition away from the Xbox One. I think that was a statement that really applied more to the pre-Xbox event today. They wanted people to feel, you know, somewhat secure about moving into next generation. And now they are able to kind of show that, hey, some of these games are going to be Series X only. Forza Motorsports is one of those games. This is a game that is going to be only on Series X and Windows PC. And that's like, and that's one of the points I was going to talk about at the end, Seth, is that I think mm-hmm. that 
and I'll, I'll touch more on it at the end, like, they, there were a lot of these, especially these first party titles, that didn't have the Xbox One logo, which really makes me believe, based on the comments that Phil has said in earlier interviews where he states that if, um, within the next year or two, they're yeah. planning to have their games cross-generational, is that these games might be further off than we think. I hope mm. not, but that was that's a little concern of mine is because there were a fair amount of these games yeah. that did not show the Xbox One logo, which makes me curious, number one, how the what the holiday launch lineup is for Xbox, if they're re- very much going to be like, here's Halo Infinite and Game Pass games, or yeah. if we are going to have uh, some more traditional... Like, okay, yeah. these games are specifically for next-gen, probably yeah. like what Sony's going to have. But again, I'll, I'll, I'll vomit on, yeah. I'll word vomit that at the end of the show. Well, speaking of things that we don't know what the heck are going to look like, the next game that they discussed is from Rare, is their new IP called Everwild. Yes. And this is, I adore Rare. I think that Sea of Thieves was one of the coolest games that Xbox put out this generation. So looking at their next IP, I'm very interested to see what this is. Uh, they announced this at XO19. Um, it looked great then. I came into this event wanting to see what this game is. Uh, I still don't know what this game is. Don't, so it's pretty. It looks good. It's very pretty. It's got like I, I'm getting big like uh, Ghibli vibes from it. Um, where I, you know, it's very nature focused, and it seems like it's got some shamanistic roots and like some of the the interactions that you're having my, I think I theorized that this game is going to play similarly to breath of the wild. I can't confirm or deny that that is the case because they really didn't show much outside of the cinematic trailer that you're looking at here, but it's got a style to it that I think looks great. And I hope that this is something that is as fun and magical of an experience as sea of thieves was for being a pirate game. Yeah, I agree. I like the, uh, the the art style in this game. What they're showing so far is really really cool. Uh, it's just you know, give me more. Show me show me some gameplay. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I, I'm really excited for this. And again, the fact that this is uh, the, the I think the second trailer they've shown, and it's still just a CG trailer. We really not even glimpses of gameplay or talks about it. Like, yeah. how far along is this game? When are we going to see this? Is it going to be 2021? Is it going to be further than that? I don't know. Yeah. Um, that's my again. You again. You're going to hear me repeat it. It's probably my biggest yeah. concern with a lot of the games in the showcase. That being said, the game looks great. This is definitely one I'm. I want to play. I want to see what this game is about. I want to try this out. I want to be in this world um, more than ever, and I'm really excited to see what um, they're going to be showcasing. Over yeah. So well. this, when you go to Xbox Wire, they have these really handy kind of. A tweetable summaries of what these games are and so I'm going to read what Everwild says just so that we can get a better idea of what this might be but inspired by the beauty of the natural world around us Everwild's a brand new game in development from Rare where unique and unforgettable experiences await in a natural and magical world you can play as uh, e- Eternal as you ex- play as an in- an Eternal so that must be who you're playing as yeah you are an as Eternal you explore the and build bonds with the world around you Everwild will be available on Xbox Series X Windows PC and Xbox Game Pass again Xbox Series X only mentioned here as a console option so this will probably be a I'd be a little, a little ways 2022. off 2022 yeah little ways off little ways off 
Um, but again, I'm just that makes me concerned more than anything. That just makes me concerned. Like, what is next year hold? What is twenty? What is the 2021 lineup Dude, for Xbox? News for you. I don't think Xbox is the only. Like, I think Sony's going to be dry. I think EA's going to be dry. We're not going to see what COVID has done to video games until next year. I and think that, next year is going to be a lame year because everything's getting delayed. Out and of that's it. a that's a good point. That's a hundred percent a good point. Yeah. Um. It's just it, it, this. I'm very curious about like not only what Xbox has got going on, but everybody else like next year. But it, yeah, Everwild looks cool. It looks dope. Yeah, it does look neat. So um, next up was this is kind of where they started to venture into uh, what I would say is like the uh, partners, you know, the second party type of situations Wait, or Xbox. Before we even get further, Urutu in okay. chat says, "What if it's a puzzle and rhythm game? You got to do yes. the dance to appease yes. the spirits." That's yes. when that's when Blizzard will release Diablo Immortal because everybody has phones. Well, okay, I've got it better. So it's a puzzle and rhythm game. You've got to dance to be in sync with nature. So we are excited to announce a brand new device that you can plug in to your Xbox that allows full body motion capture. We're calling it Connect. Next game, please. We're done. You were done. You've ruined it. <laughs> Ripped. Yeah, exactly. Really, really. Uh, are you going to revoke my subscription? Just delete it. <laughs> We're taking, I'm taking it back. I'm pulling it back. Uh, yeah. So, so now they kind of uh, began to transition into the next part, which was kind of, and I believe this is correct. Like uh, the next game is called tell me why. Yes. And this is, uh, let me pull up some info here. So this is the new game from don't nod. Um, so this is the creators of life is strange. Uh, Tell Me Why is a new Xbox Game Studios exclusive game from Don't Nod Entertainment, the studio who created the beloved and award-winning franchise Life is Strange. In the intimate, in this intimate mystery, you play as the twins Tyler and Aslan Ronan, exploring the memories of their joyful but troubled childhood in beautiful small-town Alaska. Using the supernatural bond that allows the twins to interact with the memories of the past, choose memory paths to determine the outcome and uncover their personal story across three chapters beginning this August 27th. Uh, that is very fast. And once again, Don't Nod is uh, experimenting with the, the episodic approach to releasing the game, which has seen kind of mixed results in the past. But what did you think about this game, Cameron? It's, number one, it's very interesting that you read that it's only three chapters. Normally, like um, yeah. Life is Strange and all their other games have been one, have been five chapters. And I think that it, the big thing with the chapters was that there was too much of a gap between them. And hopefully with three chapters and they're nice, good sizes, and hopefully we don't have to wait like two months, three months between each uh, release. Um, I, I can tell again, you right now. Would you like to know when the next chapters are being released? It oh, will sure. surprise you. So according to Xbox Wire, chapter one comes out August 27th. Okay. The second chapter will launch September 3rd. A wow, week later. okay. The final chapter will be available September 10th. A week after that, so no waiting. Okay, very, very cool. And I think that it's, I think it's really cool because I, one of the things I liked about, like, not only what Life is Strange and Don't Not did, but a lot of, like, what uh, Telltale Games did was if it were um, a part, chapter five or five chapters, you would have, they would put the first chapter free. And that way you could experience, you get hooked in on the game, like, okay, I got to get a season for this. And, and I'm, I'm curious if they'll do the same thing here, but, like, it, 
it, getting older, it's nice to be able to play games that you don't have to sit in front of, com of a computer for 40 hours. You can play, okay, I got five hours here. I play this thing. Ooh, good story. I'll come back to it. But again, I'm, I'm, I've been a big fan of Don't Nod. I've been a big fan of them since Life is Strange. Still have to beat the game, but everything I've played of it so far has been great. I'm very interested to get a chance to play Tell Me Why. Um, it looks really great. looks very awesome. It, it very much, where Life is Strange very much played on the time freezing and the rewinding aspect there's the sci-fi element in tell me why but it's not really as prevalent as it was yeah. in previous games um, i will say one thing that stood out to me about this is and i think this kind of harkens back to what we talked a little bit about halo it does not look and this is a complaint that i'm i'm kind of echoing from other people i don't feel this but i've, I've heard it. it does not look like a next gen game right it looks like what don't nod has done already they're just doing it on the Xbox Series X. Yeah. But again, I really, it, I, I always caution people about judging games based on graphical fidelity. I think that when you look at games that truly shake up the industry, you look at your Stardew Valleys, you look at your PUBGs, you look at your even Fortnite, they're not games that are like Last of Us levels. Of, of visual fidelity, right? Like a last event of its own right is like a masterpiece and, and a, and a visual masterpiece as well. But I don't think that you should just because a game doesn't look like, like a last of us two doesn't mean that it's not as good as that game, right? All games, and, you can have fun with games without them being masterpieces. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> like, like full stop. Yeah. Um, so that's, that, that's one thing that I kind of caution people about. Cause it's, it's, it's a dangerous mindset to get into, to start to think that because then you start to, really limit the amount of stories and the amount of, uh, of of experiences that people can share. But I think Don't Nod does a really great job of making very human stories that have a, a fun little twist, like a little sci-fi twist, like you said, that, that kind of draws you in. But at the end of the day, they're about people, right? Yep. Uh, la or, uh, Life is Strange is a story about a girl dealing with the, basically the relationship between her and her, you know, her love, her girlfriend, wife whatever and how that plays into the fate of the town right like so at its core it's a human story i feel like this is going to be the same way um, yeah, that's 100 100 agree um next up a quick update from the guys over at moon studios here uh they came up talked about ori and will of the wisps uh, that we're getting a new update for that game um uh, basically what a 4k update uh for yeah, that for game well, it's already at 4K. I think the big thing they stressed here was the 120 frames per second is what they're targeting on this, and that's impressive, I gotta say. Yeah, very impressive. 4K, 120 frames is very impressive. Um, they said that it, it, you know, it's going to utilize smart delivery. It's already on Game Pass, but they're going to have the update available sometime in the future. They did not give a date for that. Um, kind of, you see the B-roll here that we're rolling there. They, they kind of compare the differences there. And see how yeah. how much smoother it is in 120 frames. And even then, like I like if you've not played a game above 60 frames, like get ready. You'll definitely tell a difference. Yeah. And that, that could be the edge that you need in kind of beating some of the bosses in one under game. So a big thing about this one is it's it's at 120 frames per second and at 120 hertz, which means that this is this game is going to not only be playing at that frame rate, but the screen is going to be refreshing at that frame rate, right? As long as your display supports it. So 
uh, and Rutu brings up a great point in chat. 4K 120 hertz is a super niche audience that has a monitor TV they can show it. You are very right about that. What I think that they're trying to showcase with this is that Ori and the Will of a Wisp is a game that came out this year for Xbox One. It was built for Xbox One. It is an Xbox One game. However, putting it on Series X will allow it to become a game that is so powerful most people can't even play it yet, right? (laughs) Because they don't have a display that can render that. And yes, I know wine, wine, complain, complain. If you put five grand into a PC and the monitor that can play this game, you'll get that availability day one. The idea here is that as 120 hertz becomes the standard, because uh, is it Murphy's Law that, you know, technology is always going to... Uh, no, Murphy's Law, if it's... That's more... Yeah, yeah. You're so it's like, more. basically, you're always going to be... Technology is always going to be catching up to itself, right? So you're mm-hmm. right. Right Today in 2020, not a lot of things can run at that resolution and that speed 2022 probably going to be more 2024 that's probably going to be standard you know it's just the way that technology works so well, i think the, it's really interesting to see them the other, the other big thing that. the other big thing too is like i i agree we to like 4k 120 is very niche but 1080p 120 isn't especially in the pc space and i to some extent 1440p 120 is it and so that like that 120 refresh hurts that 120 frames per second i think might really come into play if you're playing on pc which you can with yeah. game pass so yeah so, uh, that was more of just a that that's just hey this is how we up, up res games like revert to in chat asked, does this mean xbox xbox project x will have hdmi 2.1 I have no freaking idea I have no idea. Yes, it, I can answer. So Xbox Series X does have HDMI 2.1, and it is being built from the ground up to do 4K 120. So, like, it's okay. hardware-wise, they're not going to hit a wall for a while, at least. The only wall that they'll hit is, yeah, you're right, the, the televisions that are out there that can support that and making sure the HDMI... Like, we're getting in a weird world where compatibility might become an issue, kind of like HDR has been this this generation. But, again... What I stress when this console versus PC debate comes up is a good gaming PC is $2,000. You can't argue otherwise. To build a good one yourself is $2,000. The point here is that the console is allowing people to get access to that level of quality a couple years after it was trendy at a much lower price that I can just plug in and play and not get distracted with Slack and Twitter notifications and things like that. So. I can get off on a huge rant for that, but consoles have a place, and these are important announcements because that means that the entirety of the gaming community is being brought up to a new baseline, and that's going to allow developers to make better experiences for those gamers. Yeah, Dinaro in chat says, so it's more of a showcase on the Xbox hardware. Yep, thumbs up. That's 100% right. Dinaro, 100%. Now, speaking of Xbox One games... I've heard we have something to talk about. There's uh, So the next one they showed off was probably one of the most surprising gems of the Xbox One. The Outer Worlds is getting an expansion pack or expansion DLC, The Perils of Gorgon, uh, which is... Uh, this is actually coming to all... Uh, basically all the platforms that it came to. And I'm going to read a little bit about this. So The Outer Worlds Peril on Gorgon adds a substantial amount of content to The Outer Worlds' dark darkly humorous universe you play a brand new noir noir tinged adventure that takes players to the gorgon asteroid to investigate the mysterious origin of andrea time 
While there, you'll find new weapons and armor perks, flaws, along with the same freedom to solve problems that made the original game so rewarding. And those who played The Outer Worlds on Xbox Game Pass, you'll be able to grab this and future adventures or the expansion pass packaging both adventures at an extra 10% off. So this seems to be a paid DLC pack that is not coming to Game Pass proper, according to what I'm reading. But you'll get a discount if you have Game Pass. You will get a, uh, an extra 10% off if you buy, let's see. And for those who've played The Outer Worlds with Xbox Game Pass, you'll be able to grab this and future adventures or the expansion pass purchasing both adventures for an extra 10% off. So it looks like they're giving you a season pass bundle to save, but you'll save extra 10% off of that season gotcha. pass bundle. Okay, so. okay. That makes sense, that makes sense. Okay, what did you think? Uh, I, I like Outer Worlds was fun. I still have to get into it because I've, I've been playing it actually on Game Pass. <laughs> Funny enough, on my PC. Like, what did you think of the um, Outer Worlds? And did do, does this do anything for you? Uh, this particular announcement doesn't really. I think that Outer Worlds was a game that was pretty well finished by the time Microsoft acquired Obsidian. I believe I made this prediction on the prediction show that we did recently for the rocket punch show i think the outer worlds 2 will be a banger when it is finally announced and comes out but since they're putting out dlc with uh the outer worlds and that probably means that outer worlds will get smart delivery at some point in the future as well i think they're probably sticking with that game for a little while and kind of adding that to the game pass repertoire Mm -hmm. but this this is the part of the show where it's you're kind of slumping down into the current gen updates and DLC announcements before we ramp back up for kind of that second act of, of, of announcements. So I'm going to say this wasn't as exciting as, as I think most of this other show was. Okay. It's funny touching on your point that you just talked about the next game right after this, uh, in staying with this small little trend here in the show was a uh, grounded. They gave a quick little launch trailer, mm-hmm. um, update since that game is coming out literally, um, next week uh, on July 28th, I, I will definitely say had the best joke in the show. Like, if you want the biggest game of 2020, then go get Cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's like this weird self-deprecating humor that they that they had about it, understanding that like, hey, this is not what Obsidian does, and this is a new experiment for them. But again, this is. Grounded is just another block on the Game Pass. It looks tower. Cool. It looks like exactly what it looks like, and I hate saying it this way, but it looks like an Xbox type of game, like a multiplayer centric yep. fun game that uh, you and your friends can get in there and play. Yep. It's a survival game. Um, it looks very, very cool. Like uh, watching it in our watch party on the server earlier today on a Rockpunch server. Um, like a lot of people were like, "Oh, this looks cool. I- I'll definitely have to yeah. check this out. Um, so the it, thing, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I mean, it just, it, yeah. Dinaro says seems charming though. Yeah, it does. And like, it, yeah. it'll be, yeah, it's available for game pass. It'll be in uh, early access next week. Uh, so they're definitely going to keep uh, building it and making it better. So like, it's awesome. Something yeah. to try. The thing about Xbox game pass is it is the ultimate co-op, service because everyone on game pass will have grounded day one i think something very similar happened with world war z right there is something about knowing that everyone on the service has access to that game 
uh, I'll give a perfect example of where I think this game's going to kind of fit in. Remember the game, The Strange Brigade? That name is familiar. It's the one where you play as like 1920s adventurers and like you're fighting mummies and spiders and like it's a it's a very kind of Left for Dead ish kind of game. Okay, but I, it was I a, a bit, yeah. It was an early feature on Xbox Game Pass, and as soon as it came to Game Pass, that was a game. It was like twenty bucks to buy normally, but me and my friend were like, "Dude, we're never going to buy that game." But the fact that we could both co-op it together, we played and beat that game. We would have never bought it, right? Grounded, I think, is the same way. I would never buy this game just to play it, right? Like, it it took a feat just to get me to buy Ark Survival Evolved, which is literally dinosaur survival. That should be an easy sell for Seth. <laughs> but I just, that type of game, is it's just so hard to get lined up. You, all your friends have to pay 30 bucks to buy it. Whereas when it's on Game Pass, you can just say, hey, I know, Cameron, I know you have Game Pass. I know my other friends have Game Pass. We can all jump in there and play that game together day one without me having to convince you to drop 30 bucks on a on a future thing that's the one of the secret benefits of co-op games on game pass it just makes it so much easier to get into but yeah uh, rutu in chat says this is coming out a year too early disney was thinking of doing honey i shrunk the kids reboot that is true yeah. uh, i mean it, it is an early access so uh, they have said that you know it's still in progress they're still working on building the game out so uh, they're going to yeah. use the feedback they get from people on pc and xbox to make it even better so. now buckle up because we're heading back into the big zone. So they, the Obsidian team teased one last thing, gave us a quick trailer mm-hmm. for their upcoming project, Avowed. Like, I, I, I will definitely be the one to say, if you've listened to me at all on podcasts, me and Elder Scrolls is a very eh, relationship. But, Seth, I heard you like Skyrim. This has Skyrim-esque vibes, Elder Scroll-esque vibes to me. What did you think about this uh, CGI? All right, so first off, I want to I stress just how early this game is in development. I'm going to read what Xbox had to say about it in the official Xbox Wire. Obsidian Entertainment's next epic first-person RPG set in the fantasy world of Eora. Period. <laughs> like, that's that is it. it. That's, that's all it says. It's one sentence. Um, here's the thing about uh, Avowed. Uh, I'm calling it right here. Mark the date, July 23rd, 2020. Avowed will be a killer app for the Xbox Series X. This game, oh, all right. they pull off what they are showing in this little teaser here, they will have a game that is exactly what people have been asking for them to counter Sony with for years. Sony has completely dominated the third person action adventure shooter game right like that is their bread and butter they're really good at it they released three of them this year like they're just really good at making third person action adventure narrative driven games microsoft is yeah and denaro in chat says obsidian is getting busy listen obsidian was a smart purchase for them but when i look at this game if you can create a next gen skyrim that only runs using an ssd that is, that is, if you remember what Skyrim did, like Skyrim was a, an icon of the generation, right? Like it came out in 2011 and we're still talking about it almost 10 years later. You could run and it on an Alexa. It. You can run it on the toaster. Yeah. Like, it's literally on. like we joke about it getting ported everywhere because it's that popular. So this is a game that is very far out, but this could be one of those games that I see avowed becoming a franchise 
and maybe not even a franchise, but like it being a game like Sea of Thieves. Like if you if you don't think that Sea of Thieves is a success, I don't know what your metric for success is because it has been in the top three on Steam since it came out. It's got millions of players. It is a game that came out to kind of may reviews, but is now a fully featured pirate simulation, like a pirate adventure simulation game. It is so much fun to play. And you think about that mindset applied to a Skyrim-like game, like it comes out and then they just keep adding and adding and adding and more content keeps coming to it. I'm marking it here. Avowed will be one of this generation's most important Xbox titles. Do, no question. Funny enough, with with probably how far this game is out, do you think we will get an inevitable Avowed versus Elder Scrolls 6 Clash of the Titans I think that I think that Elder Scrolls and Avowed might actually come out around the same time. Like oddly, like Elder Scrolls Six is so far out, but it's really funny to me that Obsidian is basically becoming a Bethesda two. And <laughs> honestly, I you know normally I'd be like that's foolish because Bethesda already exists. But then you look at what Bethesda's done recently. And you start to realize that, like, oh, actually, you know what? People really preferred those older games. And honestly, the game that was made by it, when you could look at Fallout, they were, they preferred the one made by Obsidian, right? People love Bethesda games. They just need polish. Polish the it. games. Yeah. Imagine if someone who makes games like Fallout New Vegas with that type of story and character-driven progression, right? As well as, like, good combat and whatnot. And then they also made it a good engine on top of that. Uh, Dunaru in chat said, I would love if Avowed challenged Elder Scrolls. Like, Yeah, I, and I think it will. Like, when you look at what they're doing, it looks like, I'm talking magic skeletons. Like, I got kind of a Dark Souls vibe when that arrow came down and was, like, sticking out of that rock. I was like, oh, that kind of looks like a bonfire. And not saying that this game is going for that, but it kind of gave me that, that man, this is a fantasy-ass fantasy game, and I'm really excited yeah. for that. Yeah. Very interested to see more about Avowed and where yeah. it's going to go there. Um, next up on the list, we have a very interesting title from uh, these new, uh, new developers, Interior Night. A uh, game is called As As Dusk Falls. Uh, this is a new uh, kind of trailer. Very unique, interesting art style. Um, it, w- w- what did you What did you think about this? I think this was one of the most interesting looks at a game. Like I, I really. I'm curious if this looks, it kind of looks like an animated storybook. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in like a, like you can see here, it's like, it's almost like watching a motion comic, right? Like there's motion happening, but the characters are static. This is like the weird evolution of virtual novels that I think like, I know virtual novels have a stigma to them, but like this is, I think this is a virtual novel that more people could get into because of the dynamic camera and the lighting and whatnot. Uh, I'm very intrigued to learn more about this. The thing I want to know is like, what is the game here? Is this a, like a choose your own adventure? Is this like a don't nod? Like, or am I going to be walking around in an environment or am I strictly going to be like pointing and clicking? Know, yeah. Yeah. Like, is this going to be more like don't nod games or adventure games? Or is this going to be more like, um, what is the, uh, the franchise that the serial killers, they were stuck in the mountain cabin on PS4. Oh, uh, um, until dawn, until dawn. Yeah. Until dawn. So that's kind of what I'm wondering is like, is this going to be a choose your own adventure or is this going to be more of an adventure game? Uh, and so I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see more, but considering uh, this is headed by a, a woman named Carolyn 
uh, Marshall, and she is a lead former lead game designer at Quantic Quantic Dream. So I imagine it playing similar to a Quantic Dream game. Yeah, okay, I'd agree. Uh, it, it looks interesting. I, I I don't know if I'll play it. Uh, definitely would. I definitely want to see more. Definitely do yeah. want to see more. It's see, on Game Pass, dude. You can try it. Yep. Yeah. Again, that's what's crazy. Remember, easy. everything we talked about is on Game Pass. Fifteen dollars a month. It's insane. I, it's insane. It, um, Sniper I twenty ten in chat says I think it will be more like a Telltale game, and I'm I'm more inclined kind of believe I'm more inclined yeah. to believe that as well. Sniper I. So, All right, let's go on to the. I'm going to say the most awkward section of this entire. The most event. depressing part of this entire presentation for me because I really wanted to see more of this game. Please take it away, Seth, because I got to take it. I gotta, All right, so when the Xbox Series X was revealed, Microsoft wanted to show a game that was coming to it. The game they chose to show was Sinuous Sacrifice colon Hellblade 2, which is a flip flop of the name from Hellblade. Because it's not confusing enough, but. Yeah. I think so. Um, so, Sinuous Saga is uh, set in Iceland. It's got that same Celtic feel. They did reveal, basically all they showed is that, hey, we're working on it. It's in early development, so it's not quite as quick as people were thinking it was going to be. Um, it's, and, it's, it's an Unreal Engine 5. Yeah. And it's, it's, in, it's yeah. set in Iceland. Yeah. Uh, that tells us that, basically, this game is a, a ways out. <laughs> Because uh, what Unreal Engine Five doesn't even come out till next year, so this is definitely going to be a little ways out. But it will be a game that is designed to set a visual benchmark for the Series X. That is, I think this question. is going to come out like Rurutu in chat says uh, 2022. This is going to come yeah. out right around the time when basically you need to be on the next gen hardware, or else you're not yeah. getting any new games. And this is like you said, Seth. It's going to be a benchmark. Yeah, um, this will be a benchmark. I, I think this personally. <laughs> was the lowest point of the show. Uh, Sniper Eye Chat says, not to mention the shameless YouTube plug they did, which, like, I will give them credit. If you have not watched their documentaries that they do on their games, uh, the all the, like, 30-something they did on Sack on the first um, Hellblade, like, mm-hmm. it's really good. But, yeah, it's basically like, hey, go to our YouTube channel and watch uh, yeah. behind the scenes on all the stuff we did in Iceland um, that we got paid to do. Okay, uh, Stig says in chat, as soon as UE5 comes out, you can actually release your development. So they may actually already have the game ready. So it could come out as early as next year. I just don't think it's going to. I think it's going to be I don't little, think it will either. But Stig is late, right. So. Like, any any game developed in Unreal Engine 4, there's supposed to be an easy upgrade path to get them to Unreal Engine 5 yeah. and take advantage of the asset. And guess what? I'm not going to derail the show. I promise. I swear to God. But guess what game was built as Unreal Engine 4 that could go to Unreal Engine 5? Tell me, Seth, please. You know what it is. There are a lot of games built on Unreal Engine 4. It's this one so, right there. Right I'm over so, here. Well, Final Fantasy? I'm just yes. guessing. Okay, yes, yeah, Final is. Fantasy. I mean, Sony will will gladly sell it to you again for seventy dollars if you want to buy, buy the remake again. A hundred percent. No, I mean, I Final Fantasy VII remake part two. Unreal Engine. Oh, part two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's. I'm not letting you hijack this with your shenanigans. <laughs> I'm not letting you. I'll, I'll give you the reins. Right. I'll give you the reins. So, next up, listen. I, my spirit animal, is Jack Black. One of my favorite people to just listen to, like, I don't even, I like, yes, I would love to chat with him, but 
just to like listen to him would be uh oh my god his name was literally double five Tim Schaefer Tim Schaefer thank you for some reason I was thinking about Phil Spencer because I always I think about why. Phil Spencer but <laughs> Tim Schaefer like he is just such a funny dude I'm gonna quote something from his day of the dev stream that he did recently he's he's like in a cardboard house and he's just like he's like welcome to my home would you like a Zima <laughs> I just <laughs> lost it dude he's such a funny dude and basically, the next thing they showed was Psychonauts 2. And really what they did here is they were revealing a world from Psychonauts 2 that features Jack Black. And I would say this trailer was more of like a Jack Black song trailer than it was like a like a full game trailer. They were really showcasing Jack Black, who's apparently playing some kind of uh, wisp or uh, will of the... Not, not Ori will of the wisp, but like some kind of like wispy character. Yeah. And he was singing this song so you can kind of see the wisp there that's that is apparently being played by jack black so just like keanu will be your cyberpunk companion jack black will be your psychonauts companion and i love it love it love it so psychonauts is quickly ramping up to be one of my most anticipated i'll say like no it's it's ramping up to be one of my most anticipated xbox games it is such a fun approach it is Psychonauts 1, we're so disconnected from it now. I think, like, when you think about, like, crazy, zany things, I still think to this day that I think that Double Fine was one of the best purchases that Microsoft made. Uh, they are up there with uh, Obsidian and just the amount of long-term value they're going to bring. I think because the, like, I, I feel like Double Fine is like media molecule for Sony. Like, it's a very creative studio. They, yeah. they have a lot of, like, unique art styles in their games and whatnot. And Double Fine just has a lot of great creative ideas they do. And Psychonauts is just... If you didn't play the first one, it, go play it. I think it's, it might be on Game Pass. I know it it's on backwards compatibility. Go play the first game. It's a great platformer. It has a lot of unique challenges and whatnot with the psychic powers and stuff. But, like, it's really, really cool to see and to... Um, see us finally get a sequel to that game is well deserved yeah. and I'm really ex- I'm really excited for Psychonauts 2 I, I yeah. cannot wait um, Dunaru in chat says I am more excited for Psychonauts 2 than I should be lol loved the original like it's really yeah. really awesome um, definitely check it out launch it on Game Pass so play it it is on Game Pass it's, but it, yeah. it, it had Jack Black in there um, a, a taste of, as you guys are seeing here like a taste of all the psychic powers and um, yeah. Kind of the, the specific world that it's hopping in. It was it was something that's really cool. I really yeah. enjoyed. Now, there's something important I need to point out to you. Okay. Tim Schafer and Jack Black have teamed up on one other game. Yes, they have. It is one of the most underrated games of all time, and that is of course Brutal Legend. And if you go and watch this event when they were actually showing Jack Black sing in the uh, studio and chatting with Tim Schafer. They were actually wearing Brutal Legend shirts. And I, I looked over to my friend, because we didn't quite know that, like, when they first started singing, we were like, oh, man, what's going on here? When I saw the Brutal Legend shirts, I looked over at my friend I was watching this with, and I said, I want you to know that if they announce a sequel to Brutal Legend, I will transcend my physical body. <laughs> I will truly exist in a gaseous form forever to float throughout the universe and contemplate the hype that I have felt in that moment. And... I still think that Double Fine, like, I, you know, I made a prediction that Double Fine is going to be working on on a lot of fun. I, you know, my prediction was like a new banjo game. I would still love to see them do that. But please, like, I, I can't wait to see the TLC that they put into Psychonauts 2. 
uh, weirdly enough, a game started on Fig. If you remember, it was a I do. It was a Fig. It was if a Fig like, project. Yeah, you like if you signed up, you are like part like a, a a shareholder for the game. Yeah, part investor, which I guess you win because they got acquired by Microsoft, <laughs> so you're probably going to get a pretty nice payout. But uh, at the end of the day, this is a really exciting looking game. I'm guessing 2021 for this. That game looked pretty well. I think I, this is pretty well. Show a date, but I would hope that this game should be ready to rock and roll. Next one. So, somewhat of a surprise. A lot of cool surprise yes. announcements on this one, I, I, I would definitely say. So, next they showed off uh, everyone's favorite... Uh, <laughs> I just think about Kotaku's legacy of Destiny, <laughs> comma, a game about dot, 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 that they did for years. But, of course, we're talking about Destiny 2, the infamous Destiny 2. A lot of interesting announcements around this. So, yes. firstly, Destiny 2, its core game is free-to-play, right? Yes. However, they also announced that in September, all the current expansion packs for Destiny are coming to Game Pass. So, basically, the entire Destiny suite is coming to Game Pass in September. Uh, now, that doesn't include the new DLC, because that does not come out until November. Correct. However, they did confirm that Beyond Light is coming. It will be available with smart delivery as well as the core Destiny 2 game. So you're going to be getting those up textures, that enhanced frame rate. But interestingly enough, they also said that this game will be coming to game, sorry, to uh, xCloud day one. Yes. Which that we've already know that's launched in September and part of the Xbox Game Pass yeah. Ultimate I bundle. Think, uh, Sarah Bond specifically stated that if you are a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber, you will be able to access Destiny 2 via xCloud. And that game already had, like, they've already built out the cross-progression. So even if you've played on PC or on PS4 or on Xbox One, you know, just on Xbox One, you're going to be ready to rock and roll with yeah. all the DLC in xCloud. Uh Somewhat, I think uh, it might have been you, Denaro, or it might have been Sniper. I can't remember who it was earlier in chat. You were talking about that is like the first nail in the coffin for Stadia. Stadia. That yep. is that is the death to me. That's the death of Stadia. The only game that I have seen that you can play on Stadia convincingly and not like to try it out is Destiny. And the fact that they're bringing that to to this day one, like there could Stadia is done. There are a couple other games on this Stadia as well, but I think Destiny Two was is their big tent that was their game. big one. Like that's their was that was their draw. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that it's everything, the whole expansions are coming on Game Pass. And I, I want to clarify, because you may have hinted around it, uh, Stig was talking about Stadia. Oh, Stig, I'm so Is, sorry. Um, what they did confirm, because I watched it a couple of times and I saw the tweets, when Be Beyond Light comes out as well, Beyond Light will also be a part of Game Pass. So really? If, yes, you don't have to buy, when Beyond yeah. Light comes out on November 10th, it is part of Destiny 2 for Game Pass, so you do not have to buy the expansion again. As long as you're an Xbox Game Pass member, you get the whole freaking game in wow. Game Pass. So that is a big deal. And a Including big... the standard edition of the upcoming... I'm reading from the Xbox Wire now, yeah. so it comes with the standard edition of the game. So it, like... <laughs> How dare yeah. you wish me? I'm, I'm, we're doing our best here, Stig. But like it's that again, more of a twist of the knife there, uh, and could spell some trouble for Stadia, especially as we get closer to the console launch and Xbox. I mean, they've already said that X Cloud, any game on X on Game Pass is available on X Cloud. Like yeah. that, that's gonna be tough. Like that that means that right out of the gate. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you, uh, however many games Stadia has, right out of the gate, 
xCloud could have more games than Stadia. Oh, by, by a tenfold. Like, I think last I checked was a couple of months ago, and uh, Game Pass had well over 200 games in just console Game Pass. And if all those come to xCloud, then yeah, it's Stadia's maybe at 40 at best. I know they said 100 by the end of this year. So... Uh, 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 JMO just popped in. We're talking about Des- the Destiny 2 updates. Yeah. Uh, they talked about the Xbox showcase today. Yeah, and honestly, Cameron, this is really exciting and interesting. I expect to see some more stuff like this where we're looking at games that are really popular right now. We already know Fortnite is getting smart delivery. I'm looking at Rainbow Six uh, uh, Siege. I'm looking at other those you know those games that are still really popular today. Uh, Apex Legends will also, I think, uh, eventually be getting the you know the smart delivery treatment. Right, that is such an exciting part of this is that that with smart delivery in Series X, as people are getting these new consoles, yes, they're going to be able to enjoy these new games, but also their existing games are going to come to come up with them in really cool and interesting ways. So, Destiny Two coming to Game Pass, huge deal. XCloud support deal. even better. So very very big deal. That's pretty neat. Now, the next game, Cameron, uh, is Stalker 2. Uh, yes. And have you ever played Stalker before? Is that a game that you have any nostalgia for? I have not played Stalker at all. Okay. Not Because it's, it, is, it is a game I really don't know much about. I, I always got the impression that it was one of those games kind of in the Metro light of it didn't really find an audience on consoles but on pc it has a really strong like cult following as being like a really interesting hybrid of like a horror game and a shooter uh but uh, apparently they announced the sequel is coming to xbox stalker 2 as an xbox game pass game this is uh and you can see from the footage if you're watching via video right now very dark very kind of sinister tone to it post-apocalyptic world uh, not post post apocalyptic, so don't think don't think Horizon here. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's bad it's we like, have to clarify that. Yeah, not post post apocalyptic. So um, Sniper Eye in chat says they're beyond curious to see more. I, you love the Metro games, and it seems like a modern day Metro story style game. I would expect that to be pretty close. I know Metro has got a very uh, like Russian approach to how it tells that post-apocalyptic story <laughs> uh, and so this is you know honestly if they can make something that's not quite vodka and mushka you know like if they can make something that's like oh let's explore you know like what this post-apocalyptic horror game looks like in the in a in a different part of the world like this seems really interesting um very spooky very Stalker spooky two. yes Stalker yeah. two. pops up all right, this next one, Cameron. <laughs> Sniper Rice says they, they had an American Marine in the group. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So the next game that they showed off, I want, I want to tell you a story about okay. my time with Warhammer Vermintide. And this okay. is going to get into a pretty hot discussion. I don't know how many Warhammer fans we've got in chat, but I'm going to hit you with a hot take. So when I was playing Warhammer Vermintide 1 and 2, I said to myself, man, this is really cool. I love this, like, Left for Dead and the Warhammer universe. There's only one thing I wish they would do. I wish that this was in 40K, because I think 40K is way cooler. Guess what? And they announced it as Warhammer 40K Dark Tide, which was revealed as a 2021 release in Xbox Game Pass 
Cameron, what are you thinking about this? Uh, have you do you have any experience with this franchise? I do not have experience with any anything in the Warhammer franchise, but this looked very really cool. I remember watching this in our server, and I was like, okay, this looks four player co op. And, and I think Will popped up immediately. And said, oh, that's a chainsaw blade. I want to I want to play the guy with the chainsaw sword. Like, give it to me right now. And this it looks really cool. Like Vermintide looked cool. But I, I think I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you. The sci-fi aspect with 40K might be way more interesting to play with than the older school Warhammer um, style yeah. play. Um, the reading here from the Xbox Wire here, uh, from the developers of the multi-million award-winning co-op franchise Vermintide, Warhammer 40K Dark Tide is a new four-player co-op game set in Hive ter- Tertium? Fight together with your friends against hordes of enemies in this new Warhammer 40k adventure. Um, and they actually have a full Warhammer uh, post as well that you can check out um, also. But no, it looked good. I like, I'm, I'm again, it's on Game Pass. I, I'm going to try this game out. It, they, co-op, four-player co-op. And for those who are wondering if you've never played, this plays very similarly to Left 4 Dead, where it is hordes of fast-running enemies coming at you. All you're doing is selling me on this more and more. Dude, it is it is very good, and I think that Vermintide Two was a really great Left for Dead like game. The only complaint I ever had with it was the progression system because it's also an RPG. So like you're starting out and you're getting new weapons. So like in Vermintide, it was all about like melee weapons mostly, right? Like there was a couple of mages that would cast spells, but it was like you're a dwarf with like a big axe. So you'd be getting new weapons, right? So instead of like, find, you'd find stuff out in the environment to help you, but the progression came from, oh, I've got an axe now or a bigger axe or an upgraded, you know, fling, you know, a flail that, that's got a faster attack speed or something. So bringing that into the 40K universe opens up chain swords, opens up tons of gun options, right? Opens up psionic abilities, like all kinds of crazy cool stuff. I cannot wait to co-op yeah, this uh, with you. This will be a Rocket Punch co-op stream. Yes. Dinaru in chat says, oh. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Dinaru in chat says, oh, I have a friend who will be hyped for this. Uh, Sniperite also in chat says, this seems like a possible horror FPS set in the Warhammer 40K universe. The Tertian is a ship, a very large ship. Um, it says, and Rurutu says, is this like Tolkien fantasy world with alien tech and magic? All right, so it all started with the God Emperor. <laughs> No, no. And for people who don't know, for people who don't know Warhammer 40k, I remember Seth, you explaining to me about the God Emperor. Please Dude. educate people who don't right. know about I'm the God Emperor. I'm just gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. You know, Star Wars versus Star Trek. Everyone loves to come. Oh man, warp speed is way better than light speed. Da da da. You know, light speed like pushes the vehicle at light speed, whereas warp speed like bends reality. Or oh, which one's better? No. In Warhammer 40k, light speed is literally this dude who is such a strong psychic that humanity was like, we got to put him in a tube so he doesn't die. So he's become that he's like on this golden throne and he can't die, but he's also like a floating brain in a jar. He's called the God Emperor, right? And the way that light speed works in this in this galaxy is he literally grabs the ship with his brain and slings it through space all right this dude is insane 40k is insane and they're all like humanity is this huge like creepy dark like you have to worship the god emperor or we will purge your planet from existence like that kind of thing and the enemy (laughs) is the chaos which is basically like space demons so thinking a little bit of doom here and it's not like like, imagine Doom, but 
let's like let's say doom happened on earth right the first demon pops out of the portal well the minute the demon pops out of the portal eight thousand ships come out of what i'm going to now call space emperor mind space right and they just whoop come out of orbit and then bombard the planet to obliterate all organic life to make sure that that one little demon doesn't spread to anything else um, Sniper Ryan Chat um, lets you, everyone know, purge the heretics for the God purge Emperor. The for the God Emperor. 40k is wild. Yeah, humans are the Protoss. That's a great way to put it. And the thing about 40k is, and I think this is true of a lot of like sci-fi versus fantasy, like with fantasy, you're kind of tied to like the elf and dwarf and, you know, mage and warrior tropes. Whereas with 40k, it gets really crazy out there. There's like psionic abilities. There's, you know, humans there's Eld- eldar which are these kind of protoss like things there's of course the chaos there's just tons of uh of different species and, and races in this galaxy and so uh, a vermintide game that is set in that universe is going to be chef's kiss good to go game pass day one i'm gonna get that tattooed on me <laughs> game, game pass day one i love it <laughs> um another thing you should love if you were especially a puzzle game fan for tetris uh tetris effect cannot talk tetris effect connected um also got announced next up a very cool very awesome trailer apparently every every, a lot of the people that were featured in here are xbox employees that they got like them playing around i remember uh, phil spencer put up a tweet about this specific trailer um but this was a really cool trailer um the music was great Uh, i was like this is uh, like, I'm like, oh, I want that Tetris jacket. And then we kept playing. I'm like, oh, no, wait, this is Tetris. Oh, my God, this is cool. Yeah. Um, Seth, what did you think about this? I thought it was really interesting. When they started to make the, the windows shape, I got a little, I was like, wait, what is this? Is this, I, I first I thought it might have been the xCloud reveal because it kind of looked like gamers playing anywhere. But the okay, te- Tetris effect is a game I have not had a chance to play. I didn't really have a chance to play it on PS4. I know it came to Epic Game Store. And it was a huge sensation last year. This, they kind of marketed as having an enhanced single player. So my guess is like extra levels. And then also they're adding multiplayer, which was the biggest complaint about Tetris Effect. And also the, for me, was one of the big reasons that I didn't really want to invest in it because I knew that I I'd get bored playing Tetris by myself all the time. But now that it has multiplayer, this is the definitive version of Tetris Effect. And it is coming to Xbox Game Pass day one. Like, so exciting yeah so exciting do they give i can't um, wait was there a specific date for this um 2020 it's coming out this year uh we just don't know when i did play tetris uh, so rutu asked did i play tetris 99 i did play tetris 99 it was very fun but i it didn't quite match that like i want to sit on a couch with one two three other friends and like play like tetris battle right like that's basically what i want to do is like battle my friends i don't want to necessarily do a battle royale but i digress i'm excited for tetris effect i'm excited to play it now the next game in the list seth i want to ask you you know me pretty well Mm -hmm. what do you think my thoughts are on this next game so the next game we're talking about is the gunk Yes. Um, I. This game is really hard to tell. I feel like you'd be into it because I know you really like Astroneer and and those types of exploration based like like 
you know, explore, find new things. So I, I think you would dig this. I just don't know if this style is you. This hundred percent is. This is this it is, is okay, my game. This okay. is this is a hundred percent a camera game. This gave me vibes of um, the game from the PlayStation conference. Uh, uh, Devil, something Little Devils. Oh no, I think it was called Little Devils. I think. Little Devils Inside. That's what it was Little called. Little Devils Inside. Yeah, yeah. This mm-hmm. gave me a lot of vibes and kind of like the style and whatnot. Like the the shots here where the, she's going through the cave were really really awesome. Though this is, I was one of my favorite games that they showed in the showcase here. Yeah, I was really excited to see this. Um, what's the? Um, I think I have the list here. Let me read the elevator pitch here for this game. If I, I, I got you, I got, got you, it. fam. Go so, ahead. from the creators of the Steam World franchise, the action series that tells the tales of steam-driven robot adventures and that has garnered more than one hundred awards and nominations, comes a completely new game, The Gunk. Embark on an all-new adventure in a vast and exotic world where you'll encounter terrifying enemies and challenging puzzles on your quest to unravel the mystery of a forgotten planet while saving it in the process. And they do have a full blog post on the gunk that you can review at the Xbox Wire. So it looks like a blog post from the CEO of uh, Thunderful Group, which is the creator. Very cool. Very cool. Like the, The gunk looks super awesome. That is definitely going to be a. Um, that's one of those small indie games that's on my like must play list. Very akin to like Little Devils Inside, Below, and a lot of other games that are, have been showing up lately. Like it looks mm-hmm. really, really cool to me. I'm really excited to kind of get my teeth into that. Yeah. Again, Game Pass Day One, dude. Um, the um, <laughs> Sniper Ryan Chet says, "Can I just point out this was probably named by a Southerner." Um, the Ruchi says the name makes it feel like a game for ten year olds. Yes, it does. Yeah, so we but, got a we got a lot of gunk in here. What do you think we should call it? We should call it the gunk. But it's simple and it's to the point. You know what it is. It is. Like you know it's what about it's about. The gunk. It's about the gunk. Uh, the next game up on the list after the gunk was a game. I will, I will be honest. Like I wasn't sure about this game. I think when we talked about this in the May showcase, I was like, I got to yeah. see more. They showed us more. You saw you saw more, yeah. And I'm very happy that they did um, show us a whole lot more with this game. This game is the medium. Um, Seth, what did you think about this game? May, uh, so I like spooky things, but as I get older, I'm beginning to like kind of distance myself from them. So, like, I didn't give Blair Witch a shot because Blair Witch was one of those films that really, like, messed me up as a kid. I I can't quite explain why, but I think it's because, like, I lived near woods when I was younger, so it just kind of got to me in a weird way. Like, I always, it always helped me to disassociate the things like, oh, I don't live anywhere near Camp Crystal Lake, so Jason can't get me, right? Uh, And so Blair Witch kind of made it real for me. So when that game came out, I really didn't play it that well. The medium is it's going to be okay because it takes place in a communist resort. So I don't live anywhere near a communist resort. Okay, so good, I'll be able good. to jump in and play it. But I really love, this is the game that made me feel like this is the first thing I've seen that looks very truly next gen. They are rendering two worlds simultaneously in this game. So there's the the, the, the present or the real world. And then this basically the psychic world, right? And it seems to kind of have that Silent Hill vibe where like the psychic world is where a lot of the fucked up shit happens. Yeah. And the real world is where you're solving the puzzle it, of what it happened. Gave, and it, it gave me a feel of if you, um, the, the um, John Constantine movie with Keanu Reeves, yeah. mm-hmm. where he like flips, flips between hell and back and forth. Very yeah. much that. 
And the game, like if, for a game example, I think most represents what I'm expecting here is that mission from Dishonored 2 where you uh, are flipping between two times, right? Like you're flipping mm-hmm. from the ruins that it is back to when it was an active building. And I'm not going to tell too much about it because if you want to go play that, that game is also on Game Pass. So check it out. Very good stealth action game. But that is what I expect for the whole of this game. Yeah. So Sniper Ryan is going to both in chat. They're saying uh, the medium I feel is very Silent Hill like, definitely on the yeah. same level, and that's the same vibes that I got from it. Um, from the Xbox Wire blog here, uh, discover a dark mystery only a medium can solve. Travel to an old communist resort and use your unique psychic abilities to uncover its disturbing secrets. Um, solve dual reality puzzles and uh, survive encounters with sinister spirits and explore two realities at the same time. Uh, so a uh, very unique mechanic there. I'm curious how that's going to play out. But I was very much, this that um, trailer very much pushed me into the positive on this game. Um, very cool to see that. It was very awesome to see uh, more about that. And they're like, yep, I've got to play that one for sure. No, if uh, I, uh, Sniper Eye points out that I'm aiming for that Game Pass sponsorship. Hell yeah, dude. I would totally do that. I would do that. Now, they don't do that kind of thing, but Game Pass is the best value in gaming and it is going to be very interesting once games start costing $70 which is basically happening how many more people are going to start looking at game pass it is you don't quite understand that when Netflix first came around with streaming right like streaming remember was their side thing that they did everyone Mm -hmm. laughed at them everyone made fun of how low quality low quality this stuff was and it's not as good as what's in theaters and i would say let's go ahead and take a look at where we are now and that while yes i'm not saying that like stranger things is better than something on hbo when you look at the value as a whole it really starts to erode people's desire to to go out and spend 70 bucks on one experience when i can take that and spread it out over four months of many great experiences but i digress that's a strategy thing we're not talking about that now so um, next up on the list, uh, one I really gotta say came out of nowhere for me. I wasn't expecting this here. Yeah, um, it was cool to see, but sure, let's go with it here. Um, New Genesis Fantasy Star Online Two, yeah, uh, is out. Do they have anything on the blog post about this? I'm curious. Oh, uh, let me check wrote. real quick. Like the thing that I that I can tell you is Fantasy Star Online Two has been out for a very long time in Japan. And it looks like it has. Like, it looks like an older game. It's out now. So, I mean, you can play mm-hmm. it on Xbox and PC. It's yeah, it's released. out right now, yeah. So, uh, the first, the title, when you go to the, the splash pages, it will surpass Fantasy Star Online 2 in every way. Boom. So, that's what they're going wow. for. Wow, okay. Uh, it's a well-known for its unparalleled character customization and battle action, which captivated the world. And they're talking about PSO2. We are announcing the newest entry to the Fantasy Star Online 2 universe called Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis coming in 2021. And basically my impression of this is it is a new world environment that has been built for next gen. So it is a... uh, No, actually it is coming to Xbox One as well. So it is going to come to Xbox One and Windows PC. So uh, this will be... look. Basically it looks like a... Like if... Fantasy Star Online 2 were to come out this year, what you would expect an MMO to look like in 2020 versus 2015, which is when it originally came out. Yeah. Well, yeah, the original game is from 20 years ago, but like PSO2 is, I think, 
anywhere it's between not, five and ten years old. Yeah. Yeah, it's between five and ten years old. I remember the yeah. original game. I love playing it on the Dreamcast. Love and it's a JRPG ass JRPG. Like it is a 100%. JRPG MMO. Like you can see from the gameplay here. Battle you arenas. For you? Uh, I played a little bit of PSO two. I would really like to try it again, but this is a, like any MMO you have to play with friends, and so I'd be I'd have to get some folks to to go with me. But I I don't know. It's going to be hard to get me into it. Honestly, I just don't know that it's got it. Kind of agree. Yeah, just, oh man, I tried a little bit and I just could not. It could not pull me. To be yeah. very honest, it could not pull me in. All right, we're we're, we're getting near the end of the games. I, I swear. Yeah. Um, we got two more left, and then we actually have to talk about the pre-show too. So uh, next yeah. up is a game that I finally got to see. Yeah. What the hell this is. Um, Crossfire X, which apparently is it's big in 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 the um, east eastern part of the world here. Um, Crossfire X, they had a gameplay trailer here, very Call of Duty. Like if, if you had not said anything, I could have said, "Oh, this is this the new Call of Duty?" Like because uh, of my first instinct to say. Um, uh, Sniper Ryan yeah. Chat says, "Let me just say, this game I'm now beyond excited for. The single player looks amazing. Yeah, this is the single player yeah. campaign." Um, Seth, what did this do for you? Uh, again, I'm going to say, so one thing to point out about this is the single player game is not on Game Pass. This is going to be a separate purchase. The game Crossfire X is coming to Game Pass, but it's also free to play. So it's not really like, it doesn't really make that big of a difference. However, I am very intrigued by this. I think that Remedy working on this will really help this go a long way as far as like telling a cool and interesting story. I would like to see more about it. I always get concerned when I look at this kind of content wrapped around a free-to-play game that's already really well-established. You start to get, like, imagine if Halo's campaign was an add-on after the multiplayer came out. It just kind of starts to feel a little disjointed and maybe a little, you know, second fiddle. However, Mm -hmm. I think that since they have Remedy working on this, uh, it's going to be a little bit more likely to feel like a premium AAA shooter. But uh, I don't know. I'd give it a shot. I think the price is going to be a big deciding factor for me. If it was on Game Pass, no question I would play it. But I don't know that I'm going to go out and buy this just to play that campaign. I, so. I like Arutu's comments. It's like Ghost and Recon more than COD. Then he comes back and says, never mind, it's COD. It's COD, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's God. how it'd be. But it looks cool. I'm very glad to at least see gameplay because we'd seen like these trailers and all this crap about this. Yeah, like and people, I'm like, apparently it's big over in the East. Like, what yeah. is this game? Like, it's a shooter. That's all I know. Um, it, and Sniper Ryan chat says, the thing I'm interested in is the story appears to be about multiple PMC companies. Okay. Pretty interesting. All right. Definitely have to check it out. But um, yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Like, we'll definitely, I definitely want to see how it fares when it finally launches here in the West. Now, then we got it. Listen, we got to the end and they started to do the whole, you know, hey, thanks for coming to our showcase today. Thanks for hanging out with us for this hour. It's been really great, but we got one more thing to show you and went off into a fantasy narrative driven adventure RPG. Many people will already pick up. This was Fable. They didn't reveal it. At the beginning, but you were able to pick up very quickly that it had that whimsical nature to it. It had a fairy flying around. Playground Games presents. I was through the roof right at this moment. I was in full hype mode. 
cheering at the TV. You see the, the sword, the fairy. And where I was convinced that this game was going to be a winner is the moment that's coming up here in the trailer. So we're going to fly around as a fairy. We're going to get all whimsical. This is very much a a like a CG trailer. They're not showing any gameplay. I doubt the game is going to look quite like this. It is very far off. Uh, But right here, when fairy gets grabbed, eaten by the frog, in this very humorous moment, I knew that they got the tone right. Right? He he does the little ribbit, and the little pixie dust comes out of his nose. Fable. I am so pleased to see this is not Fable Four. This is a reboot of Fable, a reimagining of Fable. Uh, Cameron, I will go ahead and re uh, circle back around to. one of the previous games that we talked about, we were talking about uh, uh, Avowed and how I think that is going to be a killer app. Fable will yes. be another killer app that will define the Xbox this generation. Super important. I, I will agree. Like, uh, What did you think? Tell me what you thought. <clears throat> I, it, 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 we were talking in the server and they were everybody, everybody, almost everyone in there was like, they've got to show Halo first. And I was like, if they show Halo first then that's good because that means that they have to have the big a big gun at the back end and it's got to be Fable. And so I yeah. kind of feel like once they showed Halo at the start, I'm like, okay, it's got to be Fable. Like, it can't be anything yeah. else, right? Like, it's got to be Fable. Um, very yeah. cool. I, I was thinking about this. I, like, my Fable time, I played a lot of two. I didn't play... Maybe played a good bit of one. I don't remember if I played a lot of Fable 3, but I remember my time with it was a whole lot of fun and really great. Um, and especially like a great exposure to other different types of RPGs besides Final, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy. So I am really excited to get a chance to play this again. Like it, this is a far off game. Don't have a problem with it. I'm really excited to play this. But I think like I wasn't like super hyped Gatorade moment because I feel like again as soon as Halo was shown, I'm like okay, next one's got to be it's got to be Fable. Can't be yeah. anything else. It's got to be Fable at the end. Bullet point. I'm glad they confirmed it. It looks like they're getting the humor right, and I just can't wait to see more on this. I really, I want this game. This is a, and an, another very important game to the Xbox lineup. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. And that's how the end of the show, guys. Uh, they wrapped up with um, the, uh, you know, they did their quick little sizzle reel, showing everybody, oh yeah, da da da. Here, here's, you know. Here are the games we showed. Hopefully you had a great time. Thanks for watching here. And that was the showcase, um, the main showcase in and of itself. Um, a quick touch here. We can go over some of the pre-show stuff before we get into our any other um, kind of final wrap-up and announcements here. Uh, the pre-show, I think something that was really, really cool and that should be mentioned is that um, Dragon Age came up. In, Dragon in, in the pre-show, Dragon. I'm sorry, I said Dragon Age, didn't I? My bad. Said Dragon Age. Oh, yeah. Dragon Quest Eleven, uh, the definitive edition, is um, coming to Xbox, and specifically, it's coming to Game Pass. Um, yes, that's the big one, and this is the definitive version that came on the Switch with the updated or- orchestra and all that stuff on there. And it is coming out to PS4 and Steam as well, but. It's coming to Game Pass, which I think is a really, really big... Like, you guys have no idea how close I have been to buying this game on Switch. And then they finally just came up and said, Oh, coming to Game Pass. And I was like, glad I waited. Because I'm yeah. going to play the hell out of this. Uh, do, do this... Were you excited at all? This is from the pre-show. This is probably my 
most favorite um, announcements that they showed. Yes. The, so this is not only your most favorite announcement. This is the most important announcement I think they have made. This is as big as the Final Fantasy on Xbox 360 announcement because Dragon Quest is the most popular video game franchise in most of Japan. It is a very influential franchise. I would put it on par with like what we consider like and these are also big in Japan but like Mario and Zelda. It is a huge franchise that is a household name, right? Lots it's, of it's like to put it in perspective, it's bigger than it's it's as big or bigger than Final Fantasy yeah. in Japan. Uh, yeah, and that's a big the, deal. For, yeah. Like many people joke that like Dragon A or sorry, Dragon Quest is to Japan what Final Fantasy is to the United States, right? It is such a big part. So the fact this is the enhanced version, and without going into too much detail, I will let you know the enhanced version has the good music, not the MIDI music, right? It has the good music. It has the 2D mode that was just featured on the video. If you're watching with video, uh, it features a uh, a couple of quality of life improvements, which I think were were sorely needed um, regarding you know just traversal in the world and things like that. And all in all, like I've bought this game on PlayStation 4 originally, traded in that copy to get the Switch Enhanced Edition, and I've played about 20 hours of that so far. I got stuck. It is a JRPG, so you tend to get stuck a lot and have to grind out some stuff. But uh, great addition to Game Pass and a huge move forward for Microsoft in Japan if they can continue to keep the game you know, coming out on Xbox over there. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, next up, another quick round out here of Exomecha. Which was uh, from a smaller studio that they uh, they said it was a smaller studio called Twisted, uh, Twisted Red. I guess that, that's probably the better way of saying it. Wow, that looks this trailer makes it look a whole lot better than it did during the stream. Uh, yeah. Very Crisis esque vibes that I got from this trailer with mechs. Uh, what did you think about this? I, honestly, the mechs gave me some Transformers vibes, like especially when they start showing like the the mechs running with like the the axes. Mm-hmm. And sword and shield, it kind of reminded me of the Energon axe and the Energon flail, like right here. This that looks like Optimus Prime versus Megatron. Like that is a really interesting looking game. I think this is a free to play game when it comes out. It is. So yes, it is. I will be giving it a shot. You know, it's like the cost of entry, the barrier of entry to play these games is getting so low that everything's worth the shot, right? It may be your next favorite game. Please help me find an escape from Heroes of the Storm. Please end my horrible relationship with that horrible game and give me something new to play and this looks like a fun one. Uh, Dinaru in chat asks, was that mech surfing a missile? Yes. Yes, Yes, he was. Um, Next up on here that we got at the pre-show, a very interesting game. I swear to God, I was like, this has got to be Stranger Things something, but uh, Echo Generation. Yep. Uh, This, like... Very interesting art style with the pixelation, almost Minecraft-esque a little bit yeah, it's there. That, it's that voxel art style, like 3D pixels. Yeah. Uh, this game do anything for you. It was cool. I was like, eh, okay. Yeah, I this. Uh, I think this is going to fit squarely on if this is a Game Pass game, I'd probably give it a shot. It seems to be like a turn-based card battler, I think, when we see combat here in a little bit. It's going to be, you can see there's cards at the bottom there. Uh, that you kind of choose what you want to do for your attacks. But I love Stranger Things and the aesthetic that it goes for. Mm. I think that this game, you know, is obviously not a Stranger Things video game. It would be awesome if it was, but those games are are a little bit different in in design. But I'd I'd give this a shot. Um, I don't think it was super strong. I'm glad it was in the pre-show. But uh, it looks interesting to me, and it says optimized for Series X, so... 
definitely, definitely interesting. Um, two more games. One which is pretty quick. Um, well, it's one I, I don't think I actually mentioned, but uh, they showed a trailer for Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, we got Hello Neighbor 2, which yeah. was a very spooky and eerie trailer that we got here um, for this game. Uh, had, did you, have you ever played the first one? I did play the first one. The Hello Neighbors is a very weird game. It like it kind of did that Undertale thing, and like I, I'm not comparing it to Undertale, but like its fandom was way bigger than you thought, right? Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of people who got really into this game, uh, especially like younger kids. Like I, I went to PAX when they were showing this off, and a lot of the people who were lining up to play were a little younger. So I think okay. that that's where a big p- appeal of this. So. This game looks like an a little bit more mature version of that, which makes sense because those players that were playing this back in 2016, 2017 have grown up now, right? So they're probably in those like teenager years. So this one's going to be a little bit more, you know, on par with what they're expecting. But yeah, like the mask looks creepier. The house looks creepier. Everything just looks creepier about this game. And I, the fact that it's a full-blown sequel, they've done so many spinoffs, it's nice to see them do a proper sequel. Yeah, I'd agree. There's been a lot of spinoffs and expansions to the game, um, so it is nice to actually kind of see them get get to, like here. Here's the two. Put a two on the box. There we go. We got some yeah. new stuff to show you. Um, and the, the last game I definitely wanted to touch on in the pre-show, I, I, Matt. I, I will say, watching the pre-show, Matt Pat from Game Theorists hyped this game up and I'm not sure where he was coming from but to each his own um Balan Wonderland Balan Wonderworld is the game I'm yeah. talking about here um so this apparently has the creator from um the game Knights if you're old enough to remember that game back uh years ago um apparently he's jumped he's with Square Enix and Square Enix is helping to make and publish this uh quirky little game where, uh, let me see if I can get, actually read a post here about this game. Uh, yeah, because this was also featured on the Xbox article. Yeah, I think a couple... You want to read it for you? I got Please, it. Please, if you got it, read it. All right, so welcome to a wondrous all-action show, the likes of which have never been seen before. Ballin' Wonderworld is a wondrous action platformer game themed around the Ballin' Theater. Led by the energetic maestro named Ballin', this stars the show of Emma and Leo will use their special abilities from a multitude of character characterful costumes as they adventure in the bizarre and imaginary world sorry land of Wonderworld. here memories and vistas from the real world mix with the things that people hold dear 12 different tales await our stars in the Wonderworld, each with their own unique quirks they will explore all current corners of this labyrinthian stage filled with a myriad of tricks and traps to get to the heart of each story there is a full announcement blog post. If you want to read more, you can head over to the Xbox Wire and read a little bit from Yuki Naka, the director of Ball and Wonderworld, um, and see lots of high-res screenshots and all that good stuff over there. So, looks interesting. It does. Uh, I, I, I don't... I, it didn't do anything for me. It, it really didn't. I'm going to be honest. It's... I Like, I, I love a good platformer. I love a good platformer, and I will just have to see if this translates... Is something that looks interesting to me because it looks a little whimsical for my tastes. But if the gameplay's fun, I might give it a shot. Yeah, I'd agree with that as well. But it yeah. looks cool. Uh, we'll definitely find out and see. I don't think do they give a date for that. Uh, twenty twenty? No, then no date. No date. Oh, spring twenty twenty one. So it's upcoming oh, spring. Yeah. They didn't give a date for it. 
Cool. Um, so, I mean, more or less with the pre-show and the main show, guys, that was it. That's what was talked about here in the showcase um, in and of itself. Now, one of the things that they touched on a lot during, throughout the main show was that um, right out of the gate, they were very clear. Like, we have nine of our 15 studios showcasing games. Yep. So that means that there are a couple of studios that were left out. And I see you have them on our uh, docket here, uh, Seth. What What studios did not show up here? Yeah, so I actually added this one. I don't think they counted this one as not showing up, but since they did not show anything other than a port of the PC game, I added the Coalition because really all they announced regarding the Coalition is that Gears Tactics is coming to Xbox Series X and Xbox One. We'll have smart delivery and be available on console, but they didn't really announce anything beyond that. So the Coalition, but the completely MIAs were Compulsion Games, creators of We Happy Few, Mm-hmm. The initiative, obviously, the quadruple A studio Microsoft's building a team for uh, in exile creators of Wasteland Three, which honestly, Wasteland Three's already out or getting ready to come out. I think it's, it's already out, out right? I don't think it's out yet. It's yeah. coming out soon. So that's gonna, you know, that's gonna come out, and then I think they're gonna be working on something else uh, for Microsoft moving forward. Then Mojang, huge one. This was a huge question mark. I didn't know if they would show up or not. Uh, Minecraft, it's really hard to tell what they would announce but i do think that we need to start talking about what minecraft's going to be doing in the future because it is next gen you know they had that super duper graphics pack that they kind of scrapped at the last minute and now i would like to see where minecraft is heading and then lastly is world's edge which is the creators of uh age of empires okay it's kind of a more pc studio but yeah uh you think we have a chance of seeing those guys maybe in august in the rumored August yep. event or September, maybe maybe before. Yes, I believe Compulsion, Compulsion Games and Mojang will probably be there as well as World's Edge. I think we need to find a date for um, Age of Empires Four. <clears throat> Those okay. were, that's still they announced that last year, and that is still kind of pending. They just finished remastering two. Uh, I don't know that they're going to do a full three remaster because they're going to focus on four now, but two is the one that a lot of people remember with reverence. So it is time to see what that future holds for age of empires. Um, I think those will three be locks for the August event. Okay. Very good. Um, or later this year, I'm saying August event, but yeah, whatever the next event is before the release yeah. of the console, because I'm sure there's going to be like one or two more. But no, that was it. Uh, like, uh, that was the showcase in and of itself, kind of our uh, impressions and whatnot. Like, so, Seth, going back through those games, it, what other points do we have to talk about here? Because um, yeah, I've got so a few. I see. I said this at the top of the show. I think this was one of. I'm so sorry, my, <coughs> my throat's getting a little raspy. Um, I think this is one of Xbox's strongest shows in a long time. They showed a really impressive breadth of content here. But uh, the best quote, I was trying to figure, I was like, Seth, you got to have a tweetable statement for this. And I actually think that um, one of the journals from Polygon summarized this really well. And I'm going to actually pull out my phone because I saved it because it was that good of a quote. And I look at what Microsoft's doing. This was from Chris Plaint of Polygon said... I'm mildly excited about the newly announced Xbox games. I'm extremely excited that I can try all of them for a few bucks a month on nearly every piece of hardware in my home. That is truly what is happening here. I think last time we 
we did console wars we talked a little bit about um cost of gaming right and like i, I did the math you know if, if you balanced out the price of all those sony games to about 40 dollars a game it came out to be like six and a half years of Game Pass, right? Just to buy the the 27 games they announced at the PS5 launch event, right? Or the launch announcement. So, like, that in and of itself, like, when it comes to value long-term, I think that Xbox is showing Game Pass is the clear winner. And if prices go up for gaming in next generation, that's going to even widen that gap. Now, is it going to replace those kinds of experiences you get in, uh, you know, PlayStation and with Nintendo? Definitely not. But what it's going to do is it's going to put Sony and Nintendo in the same positions that theaters are in, where mm-hmm. they have to continuously provide quality content to keep people coming in and paying 12 You know, you think about 12 to $13 just for one movie, for two hours of entertainment, whereas that's how much an entire month of entertainment costs on Netflix, right? So now they're about to enter this war that – and. COVID aside, like theaters were already in kind of a strange position. COVID has completely annihilated them, completely destroyed. Like AMC might not survive this, right? So there's a lot of those same similarities I'm starting to see between Sony and Microsoft. So what this show showed me is that Microsoft is correct. They are no longer interested in competing with Sony to make a, a box that has better games than they have, right? They are interested in making a box that is a better value than what the competitor has. And I think that they are starting to lay the groundwork for that with some awesome and very variety or a large variety of games. So what about you? What did you think? I, again, I, <clears throat> I enjoyed the conference very much. I, I agree. They had a very, a nice varied amount of games. I'm like, you talk Halo Infinite, State of the K3, Ori, uh, the new games like Grounded and Avowed, uh, um, Psychonauts 2, in the gunk, in the medium, like a very, a very nice variety of these games here. Um, again, going back, as I said, I would talk about it near the end of the show. I'm, it still concerns me a little bit about what the slate looks like for them in the next year. Because other than Halo Infinite, we really don't have, not even like games within a general window of a couple of months after that, yeah. there's a couple of games where we're guessing and assuming that Psychonauts 2 is going to come out next year. Uh, but like a lot of these, a lot of their bigger, larger tentpole games, like State of Decay 3, Forza Motorsport, Everwild, from their um, studios, have no dates attached to them. They also don't have. The, I think even the dates, I'm not too concerned about. Look, I got plenty of shit to play. Like, like Seth, yeah. you know that. Uh, you, everybody listening knows that. But what concerns me a little bit more is the fact that there is not... When they showed... And I think I think one of our um, members in our Rock Punch family on Discord, said, uh, Star-Lord, popped up and said, Hey, I noticed that they're not showing Xbox One on a, a couple of these games. And after going back through, there's a lot of these that only say Xbox Series X, Windows 10. And so it makes me really curious. Like, how fast is this quote-unquote cutoff going to be to get people to slowly transition to next gen or is it are these games a lot of these games that we're really excited for are are these further off than we think and which which is fine but that that gives me the pause and the question of like what is going to fill the medium i don't i don't think that microsoft can go a full gear without a xbox studios title 
I, I, I don't that they can't they can't do that. People are gonna there's gonna be articles where are the games at Microsoft. It, it, it's it's gonna roll up. Yeah, and, and it's that's my that's my one big concern. I think watching the uh, conference a couple of times, it's like what's going on with those. If, if, if believe me, take your time. As a Sony PlayStation guy, look, I've had to wait a lot of t- a long time for games that I want. So please take your time. I just want to make sure, like Sony's method. And the process they've had where, you know, it might, it, maybe a couple of months and you got one little game here. Then a couple of months you got one game here. That's perfect. Especially since I play friggin' everything. I can go from Sony to Microsoft to Nintendo and pick those games up. But that was my one concern leaving this conference is that a lot of these games aren't showing Xbox One. Number one, yeah. how how soon's that cutoff going to be? Is it going to be a less than two years like Phil talked about? Um, or is it just kind of a range? And number two, how far are these awesome, sweet-looking games off um, yeah. when we're really going to play them? But other than that, th- this conference is great. I, I loved it. Yeah. I-, I-, I really had a lot of fun. Some of these announcements were really, really awesome. The- I think the Destiny 2 announcement coming on Game Pass and some of the benefits you get there, I mean, really just opened yeah. up the entire Xbox ecosystem to a lot of new people. Um, and then, if, yeah. like, honestly, if... If Bungie gets crossplay, that's a huge that, thumbs they up. They said that next year, so that is a super huge thumbs up. Um, but no, I really liked a, a, a lot of the the variety. I wanted to see some variety in games. We got that. They set expectations right. You know, it wasn't like new gameplay next gen. It was just like here are some games. Exactly what Sony said, and guess what? Yeah. People's expectations were met. People were really excited and happy to see what they showed. Um, yeah, it, it, it's I, I just I, I I can't say anything else. Like, all right, I gotta I gotta ask you a question. <clears throat> this is not called console hugs. It's called console wars. So between Sony's showing uh, in June with okay. the PlayStation Five and the Xbox showing of games here, what do you think were, which one do you think, I hate to say such a blanket statement, but which do you think did a better job of communicating the message? And then which do you think was better? Like, just overall, like, what was a better showing? It, I'm glad you put that in two phrases. Which which showing did, I think, communicated the message better? Microsoft, by far. And, 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 and I say that with, like, I don't say by far, but, like, I say that because this entire lead up to this generation, Microsoft has been, they have crafted, like fine tooth crafted their message about what they're trying to do with Game Pass. Like it was very clear when, when you came into the show, they were right up front. All these games are available to Game Pass subscribers. I said that multiple times. We are showing um, games from nine of our 15 Xbox Game Studio titles. Like they were very clear on that. They're very they clear and precise. They don't, so yeah, nice. they, they don't, they do very a very good job for the most part of not leaving anything to chance or to guess. They're very clear telling you what you have to know. Like, in it, I'm very glad that they finally got stopped saying just blanket exclusive and just it's console launch exclusive. Thank you. Like, I know I remember a couple of E3s ago that was a very big like confusing contentious point. And to some extent, Sony still does that, and it's it's kind of bothering to have to do extra work to figure that out. Like, um, but it. Like com, com, again, like I said, conveying their message. This the message that Xbox talked about in this showcase is Game Pass. They want you on Game Pass, whether you have an X, get an Xbox Series X, 
whether you have an Xbox One, whether you have a PC, they want you on Game Pass. And it, it, yeah. like I said, this really convinced me that they're not they're not trying to push you as hard into getting the box. They want you to get the box, but they want you to sign up for Game Pass more. Um, yeah. Who had the better showcase overall? I would say Sony, just because I think they had more surprises in store, and, and, and it's the it's it's that nature of the beast when you have two, these two different strategies where when you when you have a carefully crafted message and you trick out information on a you know biweekly monthly basis, I think people's expectations are set and people love that, but it's very hard in some cases to shock and awe some people. Sometimes because you're always getting that drip feed as opposed to when you you, you, you don't talk as much. You, you're just carefully prepping and crafting everything. And then you just Taking blow your, yeah, and you blow your load all at once. Like all these games that popped up um, from Sony's PlayStation conference. Like I think really like that was the punch in the gut. I think that I liked, I liked games from both of the showings. I, I didn't like some games from both of the showings. I think if I had to pick, I would probably lean... I'm the PlayStation guy, I'll admit it, but I think I I, I leaned more towards the PlayStation games that were shown, and I liked a lot more... They, I think they had more surprises, I'll, I'll be very honest. Like like I said, when you know when they showed Halo Infinite, I was already like, they've got to have Fable, that's going to be the other one there. there. There weren't big surprises here. Again, not a bad thing at all, because I actually think that this showcase... You know, that being said, that I think Sony's showcase was the better showcase for me. I think that this showcase did a great job of helping me to maybe mm. see the benefit of getting a Series X or maybe even a Lockhart system. Um, because I'm very much talking about it, like with um, one of my friends here, uh, like I can put a Series X in my living room and play the yep. games there then I can take my Xbox One X and bring it in here. I can use that to stream. I can use that to record content. And then, guess what? I don't have to move my box back and forth to, to my big 4K TV to, from there to my computer. It's very easy. Like, boom. And I don't have to worry about trading games or bringing discs. Guess what? Everything is on Game Pass. Everything's digital. I can just pick up and play and go right back to where I am. And I think that is great and wonderful. And I, I think they really showcase yeah. that here. And especially like the, the fact that, you know, they kept saying at the end, all these games are on Game Pass. Like, that, that really helps motivate me to like, man, maybe I should. It would be nice to have my ex and have multiple consoles in the house uh, to leverage on. But, like, but yeah, the, the, those are my thoughts. Uh, th that's what I think yeah. that um, I think Microsoft a good bit had the better message to deliver but i think just because sony was holding all that hype and excitement up yeah. we hadn't seen the console we didn't know what games were coming out i think they had the better showing it's, I, and i would agree with you on both parts i think that that sony has done a fantastic job priming gamers for their message right they did that complete silence for months at a time uh the thing here a great pulse check for a lot of this stuff is to feel not only what the community but also like what folks in the press are saying about the discussion right mm -hmm. and the example i'm going to pull is this you're not going to see anybody humming the theme song for oregon the will of the wisp right people were clamoring for the bug snacks theme right uh you're not going to see people freaking out about halo infinite's gameplay reveal like people were with ratchet and clank right the it is just a different because like if you like 
if you break down both both conferences, like really, Sony showed Deathloop, which is fantastic. Uh, they showed uh, Ratchet and Clank. Those were like the games they showed. Everything else was like cinematic trailers, right? Like even Spider-Man cinematic trailer, right? And mm-hmm. that's how this conference really will went, right? Like Halo Infinite gameplay. And then I think maybe one, like a couple other like indies and stuff. I, I, they I, will de- I will definitely say, and this isn't necess- this isn't a knock against Xbox, but I think it was another thing that maybe helped lean me towards Sony's favor. I think there was more gameplay on the Sony side than in the Xbox this Xbox conference specifically, and that's not yeah. a bad thing because I'm not gonna you know if games aren't as I talk about like it looks like a lot of these games aren't ready just yet. So if all they have are CG trailers, that's fine. That still gives me hype though. For it, but I think there was yeah. a lot more gameplay on the uh, Sony side from last month. See, I, I really do, I don't think Sony had any more gameplay. Like Sony, I, I people keep getting tricked into thinking that like what they're looking at is gameplay when it is CG trailers, right? Like that's it's what you know that original Last of Us gameplay demo was that was all pre-rendered CG. The it's, like it's one of those like bug snacks. We still don't even know what that game really is. Like there's, I don't, I, I wouldn't say necessarily that I think Sony had more gameplay. I think if you look back at those six games, there were still a lot of, of trailers. And, oh no, no, no! I hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. Yeah, and like, I, like, I, I think you're getting into some of this May conference where they're like, this is Assassin's Creed gameplay, but it's like rendered in engine, right? But uh, it's not necessarily like, oh, like actual press start to play the game, right? Yeah. So. It's just kind of weird, and, like, I, I will tell you one thing that I, I I already knew kind of in my heart, but, like, as a community, like, the the echo chamber of people talking comments, super-duper down on this compared to Sony. I think Sony gets a, a huge edge from a lot of just really? comments. Because, yeah, because people, I, I don't think people have still let go of Microsoft's uh, 2013. I don't think that people have accepted Halo as a... A lot of people say dead franchise, dead franchise. I would be interested. I, I wasn't watching on Twitch, but I would be interested to go back to the Twitch chat and I just would, see. Yeah, I would not say and, that Halo is a I'm dead franchise. Like, like, I love Xbox, and I think that this is all really great, but it's very telling to me that even some of my friends who play primarily on Xbox were kind of let down by this. And I was talking to my friend really? next to me, and I was like, I don't understand it, dude. Like, It's really like I thought that we would get past some of this moving into the next gen but uh, it seems like a lot of our baggage is coming forward with us and the only way that microsoft is able to function now is just to push forward with their plan and i think their plan is solid i think that game pass will win the long game i think that there will be a lot of people that look at game pass and it might not be two three years from now it might be five six years from now so sony's got plenty of time to respond to it but there is going to come a day when people are going to look at game pass and see such an incredible value from it that they're going to opt to spend their free time playing games on that service versus going and buying one single experience and enjoying it once just like has happened with movies and i think that you look at like what, you know, movies, 20 bucks to buy a Blu-ray, right? And for years, people were like, I'd never do anything other than that, right? Like that is the only way I want to consume movies. And I would argue that most people nowadays, not just consumption wise, but also in what people are talking about, people aren't talking about TV shows that are on cable anymore. They're not talking about movies that come out in theaters. Well, cause they're not coming out in theaters right now, but they're talking about shows like, 
that come on Netflix, that come on, you know, all these other services in the same regard that they do. You know, obviously people talk about Star Wars when it came to movie theaters, but what ends up happening is you get this, you get this world and I'm going to, I'm going to sound a little pointed here, but bear with me. Do you think I'm going to ask you directly? Do you think that movie theaters are the place that people go to create real art? I don't think that they are. Because when you release in a movie theater to such a large audience, the expectation for success is so big that you have to make compromises in order to become commercially viable. And if you don't believe me, they're like, oh, well, that's movies. That's not games. Look at Electronics Arts as a company, right? That is a company who has continued to sacrifice a lot of their developers, like, I guess, say passion in favor of making it economically viable. Star Wars Battlefront 2, case in point. Sealed, signed, delivered, right? And what I'm afraid of, as we move into next gen, people complain all the time about microtransactions. People complain all the time about post-purchase monetization, they, uh, battle passes, whatever you want to call it, the flavor of the month. With Game Pass, the need for that stuff kind of disappears. Not entirely, because like you still want to monetize after the purchase, right? Like we've even seen like the single player for Crossfire X is going to be a purchasable thing, right? But the consistency that it makes when money is coming in every month, no matter what, because it's not a matter of, you know, Last of Us comes out and it's a fantastic game. What if The Last of Us was bad, right? What if, think about what happened with Halo and Halo 5. When Halo 5 was bad, people didn't like it. It hurt Halo big time. Almost killed Halo if you look at what Halo 4 did too, right? Like it really hurt it. And that's the risk that that Sony is kind of running. Now, everything's great when you're flying high, right? Microsoft was great in the days of Halo 3, in the days of Gears 2. Everything looked great. But then things started to run out of steam, right? And now they're paying for that, I think, retroactively because they didn't innovate early enough. Sony is facing a weirdly similar situation. People are really excited about God of War 2. People are really excited about Horizon uh, Forbidden West, right? These games are really great. Are they going to be as excited about these games in 7 to 10 years? We're not really sure. It's impossible to tell. But at what point does people's excitement for those games get outweighed by the value that people get from X Cloud or sorry from Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. So that's where I'm it's so weird to see this divergence that we're making right now, right? Because I'm mm-hmm. still excited for all the games that are coming to PlayStation, but I find myself in a situation where I might not be buying games the minute they come out on PlayStation because I know those games dive bomb in price after they come out, especially if we're starting to look at $70. Well, especially the big one is, like, if they sell very well, then there's more incentive to, like, okay, we, we've, we've more than recouped our costs on the game. Let's drop the yeah. price a little bit down to get more people into there. You know, let's offer a $15 off this for the next week or something like that. And that's kind of yeah. – I'm not a business person. I don't have a business yeah. degree. But I would guess that would be the best way to attack that. Yeah, and it's – at a certain point, the graph gets to a certain point, and you want to bump it back up, right? And so – my takeaway from all of this is like it's so weird and interesting to see where we are and it's impossible to predict the future but I can tell you this that if you look at how things were in 2013 with the way that games as an industry worked right the idea that we were even talking about 
always online DRM, right? And Sony did a great job of counter-messaging after Xbox fumbled, right? They did a great job of that. We're not talking about that. But one thing that they did, I would say, fail gamers on throughout this generation was creating environments that were open to new experiences. They wanted you to play on PlayStation with their rules and their guidelines. They want, and I still, I gripe about this, they want you to pay for what is considered basic free functionality. And I'm really interested to see if Xbox Live Gold becomes free, man, that is going to be... I I was thinking about that too until the Crossfire X reveal where it it popped up in the bottom. It said um, multiplayer... Um, multiplayer requires Xbox Live Gold. It's it, like it popped up right there. Like it was like multiplayer requires Xbox Live Gold. Single player not included in Game Pass. It was that little text yeah. that popped it up right on the trailer. And so that would, like, I was I was curious if they were going to say that, but then that popped up and I was like, Ooh, okay, yeah. So, but like it's like you have to pay for cloud storage. Uh, you can only automatically sync your cloud saves on one device. Like there's just a lot of weird stuff that I really wish Sony would like get up with the times. And now they've done a great job of playing catch up with, you know, I think they were kind of drug kicking and screaming into cross play. I think Fortnite really beat them in a submission. I would agree with you on that one. They they wouldn't have done it if they didn't have to. And now it's standard, right? Like I think most multiplayer games are moving that way. So what I'm saying is this. I think that when we move into the next generation, this is going to probably be the best generation of gaming we've ever had. I'm no longer going to have to stress about where should I buy Borderlands on. I Borderlands 2, I did this. I was like, oh, should I buy it on Sony with Play With You, or should I play it on PC where I prefer the keyboard and mouse, or should I play it on Xbox where my friends are playing, right? I don't have to make that decision anymore. Uh, since I play a lot of my multi-plats on Xbox, I don't have to worry about my cloud saves being locked behind a paywall. I don't have to worry about my achievements you know not getting synced properly because what the fuck like that's what uh like i've lost trophies that way because i forgot to open the trophy menu and like sync like it's just stuff like that that really turns off people and when you start to look at stuff like game pass and x cloud and sony's just kind of like whatever man we got last of us if you want it you got to show up and i'm like that's fine but at a certain point people want to engage with a platform as much as they want to engage with a product, right? And if you don't believe me, look at what Steam, you know, what look at what happened with EGS when when it came out. Like people were livid about this, oh, non-Steam. I can't believe people aren't using Steam. Like people got really angry. Now I think those people were not being really fair and I think they were being a little bit, I was you know, say like you <laughs> Don't know if we want to walk down that example there, like, but but what I'm saying is like that same example applies to consoles. That's why we have actual real sad to look at console wars, right? And yeah, what I hope to see through this generation is that it doesn't boil down to that that we equal the playing field when it comes to access to to games and the features associated to them so that what the purchase decision boils down to is what do you value? If you value the IP that Sony is putting out, you know, $60, $70 games to play, go buy it. If you can't afford that or if you don't find value in that and you much prefer to pay $15 a month to get the all-you-can-eat buffet, do that. Neither one is better. Neither one. It's funny. Perfect example. One of our community members and who was in chat, Sniper Eye, he was very much like, this sounds really, really cool, but I'm just not, I just can't do the subscription-based model. So I'll just pay for the game outright. And and that's totally cool. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, people, 
it, it's one of the things Xbox is trying to do is kind of shake up the gaming mentality. And I don't necessarily like, you know, again, like feel like they're trying like swaying you over. Like they're very upfront. Like I, I, I'm very, I'm in the very strong camp that if I go get a PlayStation five on day one, but I'm still subscribed to Game Pass and I can still play Halo Infinite on my PC. Phil Spencer and Sarah Bond and Matt Booty and Aaron Greenberg and all those guys over at Xbox are like, fucking awesome. Welcome to the Xbox community. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for being part of the team. Like, and that there's nothing wrong with that. And I think yeah. that, like, that's very cool. And that, you know, honestly, I mean, if you really think about it, that offers a lot of flexibility for PlayStation gamers. Maybe you're a PlayStation gamer out there that's listening here and you have a, 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 a solid PC and you're like, I'm not getting an Xbox Series X. I don't, you know, I like some of their games, but, you know, blah, no, I don't feel like getting a box. I'm getting PlayStation 5. That's where I like the exclusives. I'm used to X, PlayStation's ecosystem. Guess what? You can still take advantage of a lot of the first-party games they have by signing up for Game Pass. Ultimate, get it on PC, but you're set. You're ready to go. And I think that, I think people have to get, change is hard. And I think people have to understand that that is a viable option and that is okay. Yeah. If, 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 if It's okay if you just want to get PlayStation. It's okay if you just want to get an Xbox. It's okay if you want to get both. It's okay if you want to... A variety of the spice of life and, you know, spice it up a little bit if you want to get a, you know, you know what, we don't talk about it, but for the small amount of people out there, it's okay to have an Xbox Series X and sign up for PlayStation Now on the PC and play some of those games streaming over there. Guess what? That's totally fine. Is that a big group? Probably not, but it's still totally fine. Yeah, (laughs) it's just so hard because, like, I think that where your friends play is honestly the best, like, if you play multiplayer games, where your friends play is where you should play. If you play single-player offline games, play the platform that gives you the most value. If you find, like, like I'll, I always use Skyrim as the example, right? Like, if you were a PlayStation 3 owner and you played Skyrim, I'm sorry. Like, you got a subpar version of that game, right? Like, people on PC and Xbox got really great versions of that game that didn't have backwards dragons and didn't have delayed DLC and that kind of stuff, right? Like, I hate when I see stuff like that happen because you're you're basically getting burned because of a choice you made about where to play your games. And the the past has always been that it's like constant disappointment. Oh, you don't want to, sorry. Uh, your friend played uh borderlands on PlayStation. So you have an Xbox. So too bad. Like have fun queuing up in randoms, right. And never getting any loot or, you know, it's just, it's been that forever. And now we finally got out of that muck. We are finally in a world where when Elden ring comes out, I'm going to have a, full ass multiplayer shenanigans filled world i'm gonna be able to multiplayer anytime because it's coming from all these platforms right and that is really exciting to me the the thing that is always you know competition is always going to breed improvement for the consumer right and like i I, all those gripes i made about playstation network earlier i hope they fix them because i hope they feel pressured to fix them because microsoft has those features right just like people want Microsoft released first-party games that are up to snuff with Sony's first-party games. Uh, Just like people want, yeah, people want, and you're going to hear this conversation come up, people are going to start seeing that games run better on Series X, and people are going to want the games to run as good on PlayStation 5. Like, it's going to happen. That's just, it happened this gen. People were, you know, 
always saying like, you know, funny, I, I'm, I'm very curious about that too because it, at least from what I've heard right now both consoles are saying 4k 60 now an interesting thing we talked about um Ori and the will of the wisps mm-hmm. and the 120 mode at 4k like can PlayStation do that in some specific instances I think we, we both know that for the yeah. most part both consoles are going to reach that 4k 60. I, I, I think especially as we get further in the generation, as we always do, we're definitely going to see where those the hardware choices they chose for these boxes are going to separate. Yeah. I can tell you good. kind of what to what I expect from a a analysis standpoint. So, and I'm going to use this funnel here to talk about like the number of people that care or affect the decision, right? So. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I'll use that one as the example, going to come out on Xbox Series X and PS5. All right, Digital Foundry is going to do a video. Here's the frame rate comparison, right, with the chart, you know, the little chart at the top of the screen that shows how consistent it is, and they're going to report on it. Very small number of people give a shit, right? Then it's going to get reported at Polygon, IGN, Kotaku, hey, uh, or in the review, hey, the game runs, they're going to, they're going to, to, to condense it down to hey, it runs a little bit better on Xbox, right? That's or or PlayStation, whichever one it's, it runs it's, better. Right? It, 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 it's in that particular instance. If that's going to happen, it's going to come from Eurogamer. Okay, from Eurogamer. So they're going to say it's going to run better on X platform, right? So then people are going to see that, and they're going to be like, oh, okay. Well, I either have or don't have the platform. Doesn't make a big difference for one game. Compound that over three years of purchase decisions, and you find yourself in a situation that PS3 owners found themselves in and that Xbox One owners found themselves in at the beginning of this generation where every single game, you're getting the inferior version. Arkham Knight doesn't look as good. Uh, trying to think of other big... Uh, I'm not going to say... I'm not going to say like, well, I'm trying to think about like early in this generation. Like, oh, this generation. Uh, okay. Well, uh, uh, like Assassin's Creed. Um, I know a big one. Uh, the Phantom Pain. That was a big one. Great example. That was a big like, one. And it starts to add up. And what it does is it plants this seed of doubt and like, huh, do I really like, do I really care that much about? And I'm playing devil's advocate because I'm the Xbox guy. Did, was The Last of Us really that good? Like that I'm willing to put up with like subpar versions of this and next gen, right? Like, it, is. it starts to plant the seed of doubt, just like it did with the Xbox One, right? Or, uh, sorry, the, yeah, the Xbox One. Like, people, lots of people converted to PlayStation 4 because of the initial bungle, but then also as their friends converted over, as they got lower quality versions of the games, and that's honestly how 360 rose to power, right? They eroded PlayStation 2's huge lead by capitalizing on a failure and then delivering better results. This, I think this... Generation is going to be a little bit more neck and neck when it comes to engagement. Now, when it comes to to consoles sold, I think Sony's going to sell a ton more. I, I, I think Sony's going to as, as I think Sony's going to take it away. And that, you know what? I that's what the information we have now. I, I think that a lot of stuff could change if if or whenever this Lockhart version comes out, because yeah. I'm sure that from a console standpoint, you would want to lump those together as like Xbox consoles. Yeah. And so that could be the play, uh, the, the difference in play in, in there as well. But I think that it, I, I think at least at the start of this generation, both consoles are going to be hitting 4K60. I think yeah. the first thing, the first couple of games that don't, number one, have to be explained why. Case in point, looks at Assassin's Creed Valhalla. 30 frames? Come on. 
I'm not going to get into that. That is, This is neither the time nor the place for that. But I think that as we get further and further into the life cycle, when these developers are comfortable developing on these systems and have the time to utilize the full power, I'm really, really interested, interested to see what that extra bit of power, those extra teraflops, as the kids like to say, um, that yeah. Xbox has, how that's going to take advantage of that. And it really, like, because really it's, I, I, for for the for the ease for easy listening for people to think about my my opinion like Xbox has the um, additional teraflops of power for graphics. PlayStation has their super faster SSD. Which one's going to come out? Well, like which like when we get further in the generation, like which one is going to show that that was the better decision? Which one is yeah. going to be like uh, maybe we didn't go the right route? And I think the same can be said for the business model, right? Is the buy a box, put the disc in still going to be the prevalent business model in seven years? Or is it going to be true. True. subscribe to this thing? Like as, you know, as well, it, we talk about this all the time. Like when it, and, and when GameStop inevitably folds in on itself, right? It's going to happen. Does that mean like what <laughs> happens to physical games market? Because at that point, you either got to have a mom and pop shop or you've got to go and i can tell you this mark my words when they do fold the trade it you thought the trade-in value that they offered was bad boy wait till they fold because they built their empire on having the best value in trade-in right so amazon best buy walmart all the other people that offer trade-ins will reduce their rates significantly because they don't need There's it no competition so, yeah yeah when your new game is no longer worth 25 dollars but it's only worth like the minute you open the package, it's only worth ten bucks. Eh, I don't think you're that. That like I don't. That, that's another. That's another bridge that connects you to physical games that's now been removed, right? Like the value is no longer like you're not retaining the value like you once I were. Think, honestly, I think if game, I'm not going to go off on a tangent here, but if GameStop, yeah. if or whenever GameStop implodes, and I think the used game market is going to more or less die. I don't really don't think a lot, like the majority of the market or even a large portion of the market care about trading in used games at Best Buy or Walmart. I think if GameStop goes away, there's going to be a, an even bigger shift to digital. There will be a bigger shift to digital. I think we'll also get like a weird re- renaissance of like mom and pop shops coming back. Like I think in bigger cities, especially right, you'll start cool. to see like some cool shops pop up. Kind of like what happened with comic books, right? Like, yeah, you can go to Barnes and Noble and buy comic books, but you, everybody goes to the comic shop, right? And the comic shop is its own experience. So, like that's that's an interesting maybe side effect. But uh, I didn't mean to get off on on this weird tangent. But what uh, is the show about? Yeah, Love the, it. the point I'm trying to make is that like games didn't look anything like they do now seven years ago when this generation started. And I think it's foolish to think that games are going to look the same at the end of this next generation, right? And we're going to get to the end of it. We're going to be like, man, Sony really was right playing it safe and sticking with the box, you know, and, and, you know, people were willing to eat the $70 price in favor of, you know, going with that traditional experience. Or we look back and be like, man, look at how Xbox has closed the gap. And, you know, a hundred million, they hit a hundred million three years after the thing came out because now X cloud opened up the number, you know, it's like a hundred millions uh, cakewalk for Microsoft now because they're not dealing in, you know, console numbers of like, 50 to 150 million they're dealing in pc numbers which is literally 400 million and up right like yeah. i think there's a billion steam accounts and uh what is it i'd have to look it up but i think it's like 80 million of them are active every month like imagine if you could tap into that audience right like that's the type of 
that's the type of like discussion that we're going to be having in four or five, six years and really looking back and being like, was was this smart or not? Right. Um, and I honestly, I think that both companies are going to win in their own right. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, what, what lens I, you're looking at that for. Yeah, my pulse check is always when a third party multi-platform game comes out on multiple things, which one is it broke as fuck on? And that's generally the one that's losing. Right. And that's true. Cause yeah. uh, once, once, Console makers, when they see one that's taking a lead over the other one, they tend to try and develop more because there are more people out there. So you got backwards dragons on PS3. You got broke ass like Batman versions of games, and like just it like it's you've seen it time and time again. And so that's my weird like pulse check uh, to see how things are going. It's a good pulse check. So. Anyways, thank, anything thank you else? Thank you for letting me rant. I think I ranted for like twenty minutes there. That was no, well, believe me, I ranted like for ten minutes at the start. So I, I it somewhat balances it out because that's bringing it's how some it be, in the man. middle. It's how it be. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm super excited. I think this was. I'll say it again. One of Microsoft's best events. Is it the best possible knockout of you know announcement of dreams? No, it was not. I think that there's another event waiting later this year that might. I still remember. Phil's quote that they are going to be bold this year. They're going to do bold things. And I don't think they did anything really bold in this event. So I'm still waiting to see what is that bold move. Like to me, Xbox Live Gold going free. Lockhart coming out day one, 1080p, 60 frames per second, baseline for $299. That's bold to me. Bold is Series X launching at $399. That's bold to me, right? That is, and honestly, that. The, we haven't talked about price because at the end of the day, every major console upset has boiled down strictly to price. And I think that that is at this point, Sony is, is riding high, but they could get their kneecaps blown out from under them if they do not price their number right. And that's why I'll say it again. Phil, don't you dare say the price until Sony does. You play chicken up to the day that thing comes out. You play chicken. Do not budge because the person who drops the price first is going to be a severe disadvantage. And Sony, if you launch that all digital version for more than $399, you are getting ready for some pain. pain. (laughs) Okay. So let's, let's, let's wrap up the show on the positive note. Quick. Yeah, please, please. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, 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 no. Not that it was bad. Not that it was bad, but a very fun one. Um, quick fire favorite three games from the Xbox showcase that you saw and you were like I gotta play it go it can't be Halo <sighs> cause every, we're both gonna say Halo State of Decay 3 okay Fable okay Psychonauts 2 okay cool, cool. close third Warhammer 40k Dark Tide sorry okay. close okay. four okay um, State of Decay 3 the gunk the medium very nice. Very um, jaded. Chat says Hellblade, State of the K three, and Fable. There you go. Very there nice go. setup of stuff. Um, that what, what? That's it. We're, we're that's done. It. That that is it, guys. Thank it's you so much. Games. We we talked a lot about Xbox, and I loved it. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us for this special episode five of Console Wars. Here, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, Remember, if you want to catch, um, if you want to get this via audio early, make sure you head over to patreon.com slash rocket punch. Find out how you can get it a little bit earlier than everybody else when it goes live on podcast feeds. 
Um, other than that, guys, remember Rocket Punch Go is your one-stop shop for all the content that we do. Uh, Seth was very kind enough to clean up the website for us, so it is a lot easier to navigate and will point you right in the direction of all of our content, so don't miss out on that. Um, other than that, um, if you're watching live via twitch.tv slash rocketpunchlive, um, hit that heart if you liked our conversations or if you want to check out more of the streams that we do weekly. Uh, we do game streams throughout the week. We also stream our podcast, The Rocket Punch Show, every Sunday night so you can join in on more generalized gaming topics with myself and Seth, my co-host. Um, but guys, thank you so much. Lo love this show. Was really excited about the showcase. I might actually watch the showcase one more time before I go to bed tonight. Uh, if you have not watched it in 4K, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Um, but thank you guys so much for joining us here. Um, until then, until next month, good night and good game.